This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. She possesses sex dolls. This is not a sex doll. Come back, bitch and jerk. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast, where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are on the back half of season six and having a great time. Uh, at least I am, Chris. I don't know if you're still feeling pretty positive about season six. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. Before we get too much into uh, what we're going to do today, how are you, man? How was your Christmas? This is the first time we've recorded since Christmas. This is the first episode that's going to appear in 2018, so hello, wow. 2018. Hello. Hi, it's been It's been a full year of this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's a kind it of a big been. deal. Um, we're we a year deep, and we are only six seasons in, so we have a damn. long time to go before we catch up. <laughs> At least a whole other year, if not, well, definitely more. Anyway, definitely my, more. Christmas, my Christmas was holly and jolly. Uh, I hope yours was as well. Unfortunately, as you could probably hear, I'm a little bit under the weather. It's going to be okay, but I apologize to the listener if my voice is unbearable to you. Oh, it's not unbearable, Chris. It's just it's just significantly different to the point where we're probably going to negative iTunes review. So thanks for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you sound fine. You're fine. I'm sorry that you feel sick, though. That being sick over the holidays is some of my like least favorite things. to be. Like Being sick by itself is, is kind of the worst. But then you add a Christmas or a Thanksgiving or an Easter or a Fourth of July situation on top of that. And no matter what you have to do, you have obligations on a holiday generally. So you have to go out and do something with friends or family, and it always sucks. What if Sam and Dean got a cold? Do we ever see them sick? I'm sure we do at some point, but... Uh, pestilence, uh, or was it pestilence or an angel that stole Sam's lungs that one time and gave him some sort of respiratory disease? Is that, does that count? <laughs> I guess that counts as like, if you're going to call in with your lungs missing, like that's a pretty good doctor's excuse right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Sam got the, cr- got the clap. Again, it's not like, it's not like a cold. That's sort of what I'm thinking of is just like hunters be sneezing, you know? You would ima- you would think that with as close quarters as they like they're always in the same room for more or less uh, they're always in public places eating you you would think that they would be constantly maybe it's because they sick. they just never wash their hands so they actually have like great immune systems I don't know if it really works that way but who knows or maybe just you know every every six days or so Cass beams down from his civil war in heaven it's like okay i'll fix up this common cold that you That's you idiot monkeys still haven't cured <laughs> we gave you the tools to cure the common cold in zero bc and you know what you did nothing you did nothing enough did about colds nothing. do we have patrons to thank we do uh thank you for the most recent donations we appreciate it i'm going to give a shout out to christine christine Thank you very much for donating to our Patreon and helping us get to our, our next goal and for uh, also tweeting at us and telling and saying nice things to us. So we, yeah. we're really glad that you found the show and that you like it. So thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, for for listeners out there, we're uh, very, very close to getting to the comic book goal, which you've, you've heard four or five. I mean, you mentioned four or five times in this episode. I don't know why I can't talk today, Chris. We're very close to meeting our next goal, which we'll be covering the comic book. And I'm uh, very excited about it. So Yeah, same. I can't wait to find out how bad they are. I'm less excited about getting to the books because, boy, you reading those just have told me well, I have a, I have a whole thing to look forward to. I can't wait. It's going to just be me reading into the microphone, and that'll be our coverage of it because I think 
that these are books are hilarious. Unintentionally hilarious, and but they're hilarious. You Okay, here we go. You read uh, I might take this out of the podcast because this is such a good idea. You read into the microphone and I will provide Foley work. And so I will provide, <laughs> it'll be like an old fashioned radio thing where I like, Oh, this Colin fork, like clop, 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 clop. <laughs> Ka-chonk as the, as the Impala door closes. <laughs> there might be some sort of copyright issues here, but just go for it. Dean beheads the vampire. That's the sound you gotta, that people make when they get to, beheaded. You have to build up an arsenal of the same canned sound effects so we hear the same sounds all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then I can just, then we can finally release our first iOS app, which will be a soundboard. So you can yes. at home. <laughs> yes. See, then no, that's what idea. we'll do when, when we start uh, reading uh, fan fiction submissions that's mm-hmm. what that's when we'll have to add the, the sound effects to do all that anyway should we get actually to these episodes? i actually think that if we're gonna if we're gonna read fan fiction on the air we should probably have a soundboard with this like we should both bring our own soundboard and just be completely obnoxious with it yeah. but yes yeah. i agree we should uh we should we should jump into these two episodes <laughs> they're, they're very good can you catch us up it's been a while since we've talked to one another can you catch us up on the road so far i i, I can sure as heck try so turns out <laughs> that sam and dean are back from the dead um that was a couple years ago now but yeah, okay no you're, you're, it's a good place to start like it's a good it's a good All it's right. a good entrance to the series i think sam winchester has been walking around for the past year without a soul they were finally able to get his soul back for him or more specifically dean was by making a deal with death except it's not like the usual kind of deal and this one seemed like it worked out pretty well death mm-hmm. asked dean to continue searching to continue digging at whatever they're digging uh, at with this whole alpha monster thing in exchange for Sam's soul. So Sam got his soul back. Uh, they fought some dragons. Let's not forget that. They fought a couple dragons. Um, the mother of all was summoned from a volcano. And um, it turns out that Sam um, is guilt tripping everybody because he feels guilty about what he did in his past. And I, get, I guess that's where I'm landing. Okay, cool. That works. I, uh, I guess let's just jump into the first episode, uh, which is called Unforgiven and written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin and was directed by David Barrett. This aired on February 11th, 2011. Dean finds out about Sam's life when he hunted with Samuel. Sam starts to have flashbacks to a case he worked with Samuel before he reconnected with Dean. Sam receives a mysterious text with coordinates to a small town, so the brothers decide to investigate. Dean is surprised when the townspeople start telling him some of the things Sam did while he lived there. No, Dean's only surprised when the townspeople tell him of the one thing Sam did while he was there, which is bang every single available chick and some unavailable chicks. Because, wow, Sola Sam gets down with some ladies in this episode. Yeah, he grabs, he's, he's after a slice of pie. As you the same yes. goes, uh, or is he the slice of that pie? piece of pie? Is he the is he the piece of pie that everyone else is cutting off? He is the he is the pie that everybody is get, in town is getting a slice from. How about trying that? trying to get a little bit of that hunk pie? My um, there's a weird moment in this episode where we get our like then and we we go to our like kind of catch up episode. Uh, or catch up section montage, whatever you want to call it, and then it, it on a big sc- on the big screen it goes now. And then it fades to black, and it comes in. And it says one year, late, one year ago, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. that's not so really it's still not really now, sort of then." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so what are we talking about? Um, this this first scene is very very brutal, and uh, it's it's it it's just vicious. It's just Dean, excuse me. It's just Sam executing people 
while the camera zooms up and just seriously close to Mitch Pelegi's, aka Samuel's face, and, yeah. and Samuel looks like he is not handling this very well. No, he's like, "Boy, stop! What are you? What are you doing? Come on, man! What are you doing? Stop!" Yeah, and it's. I don't know if there's some weird stuff in this episode in general. The the camera angles always like to get real close to people's faces. There's some weird new music that I am not a huge fan of. I'll probably <laughs> like I'll probably layer some in over this because during this next scene, as Samuel and Sam jump in the van and head out, uh, Sam having been injured in whatever fight this was that we don't we don't really know about. It's just these weird like dong dong like this weird atonal <laughs> bullshit happening that's really distracting and I I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> look you tell me about sam's hair and i will tell you about that music okay well i did take episode. notes uh i took a lot of notes about <laughs> sam's hair i i don't know where i put it in my notes but it's in there somewhere also i i believe this takes place in bristol rhode island i think it's, it was at bristol uh whatever yes. the town was i uh i texted jess and i was like friend of the show jess i said hey because she's she's from rhode island do you know where mm-hmm. do you know where bristol is is that a real town and she was like yeah it's about like 40 minutes from my hometown no, I was like, oh, okay, because Sam Winchester killed a ton of people there. <laughs> yeah, he fucked and killed like at least a dozen people in that. <laughs> didn't know if any not, of that showed up on the news. <laughs> not at least he didn't do that to the same people. He fucked some people and he killed other True. people. Like he's got a weird track no, record with that sort of thing. So very strange indeed. Um, they get they get pulled over by a cop who uh, refers to Sam and Samuel as agents. And uh, demands to know where the sheriff is, and demands to know where some other people are, and this 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 the situation quickly deteriorates, and Sam just beats the shit out of this dude, just yeah, I mean punches this dude what I would consider to death, but he just he just gets knocked down and they drive off, but yeah, punches yeah. this dude an insane amount of times. If I got punched this hard, I, it would be a life changing experience. I'd have to take a couple of months <laughs> off of work. I think that that's a good way to put it. That the, the, this is a life changing experience. The, the how hard and how often Sam punches him. <laughs> it's bad. It's not a good situation. Yeah. He beats him to a bloody pulp. It's like, it's some serious, like, okay, we get it. He doesn't have a soul. <laughs> uh they're really gonna they're really gonna make my my faith very very problematic in this episode chris i'm not looking forward to to getting to the end of this Um, that's what supernatural likes to do they take your fave and they make them problematic that's absolutely true that should be the (laughs) problematic fave should be the name of this podcast yeah (laughs) um so we jump into the present day where uh, Sam is trying to catch up with the amount of information that he missed over yeah. the last year. Uh, there's a great joke about at Mel Gibson's ex- expense, which e- extremely dates this episode. This, you remember when if Mel they Gibson just would stop the with the stupid pop culture shit, they would stop <laughs> dating themselves. <laughs> I do like that Dean thinks that uh, Mel Gibson is possessed, though. He's like, of course he is. It makes sense. Just look at him. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, <laughs> you know what? Uh, maybe. Uh, so this Sam, is when Sam's Sam trying to take a- all this info, get caught up. He's mm-hmm. also trying to take this curse, make something good out of it. Um, yeah. Yep. Sam gets a bunch of uh, coordinates, um, and they track it to Bristol, Rhode Island. And uh, they they obviously see a case where some some men have disappeared. They don't know where the text message is from. We're going to find out later. It's from a Spider-Man. And I wish that I was kidding. Because fucking fact. That <laughs> is a, fa- as a true fact. That gonna have some told you. questions about how the Spider-Man walked into the AT&T store and got a cell phone into the text messaging plan in 2011. But we're, we'll get there. <laughs> just, let's just keep that. For some people I know listen to this podcast and they, they don't actually watch the show. They just kind of listen mm-hmm. along because you know they like to have fun. And they love Jeremy Greer. They love his content. Um, so just so you guys know, everything that happens here is is 
being caused by a Spider-Man. And it's not the yes. Spider-Man that you mm-hmm. think. It's a more hilarious no, no. version of that. A Spider-Man, not the Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... They get this text message. They they figure out this from Rhode Island. Uh, they find this case. Sam immediately wants to go, and of course, the dean is like, "No, this this seems weird and bad." Listen, Bobby and Rufus. Throughout this episode, Dean basically begs Sam, just like, "Listen, Bobby and Rufus here to do this." And I'm like, "Thank you, Dean. This is a good idea. Call other hunters. <laughs> do some do some stuff that isn't going to be directly related yeah. to Sam's memories." Don't drive across the entire country tonight. Just like let someone else do it. This is where I took note of Sam's hair looking great. I did, unfortunately okay. I didn't put down any other descriptors. I think I just assumed that I would remember exactly what it looked like. But very full bodied. I'm I'm sure um, it's getting mm-hmm. very long. And you guys know I love long hair, Sam. So let's moving on. So they Sam eventually convinces Dean to go to this town. And the very first thing that happens is Sam sees the "Welcome to Bristol" sign. Immediately starts having flashbacks, which. As, as we know from Chris's word so far, is a, is a no-no. Death put up this wall. He shouldn't be scratching at it. He starts scratching at it immediately. And what does he do? He doesn't tell Dean about it. Yeah, which come on, Sammy. It's just, I mean, at some point, these boys are going to have to know to, to talk to each other, right? Like, at, at season seven, they're going to learn to not keep secrets from one another. That it it's, never works out very well. Season you know, eight, I, maybe. I didn't make any note of Sam not telling Dean about it. But throughout this episode, we're going to have a lot of Dean being like, dude, told you this was a bad idea. And Sam finally being like, yeah, this was a bad idea. But like, <laughs> what? I mean, what was the point of any of this? What was the point yeah. of him keeping it? It's just unnecessary drama that they are adding into season six boys. Because at this point, I think that Sam would be like, hey, Dean, yeah, maybe you were right. I still want to go through with this. But like, FYI, I am having flashbacks. And he would probably still make Dean go. And Dean would still go with him because that's what he does. But yep. It does feel like he should bring it up and not hide it. So they get into town. They go to the local restaurant. uh, And basically, there's no connection between any of these women that have been disappearing, except uh, that they're all kind of pretty, is is what Dean says. Uh, (laughs) Dean goes to use the restroom, or as he says, the... um, what is, is it, what does he call it? He calls it like a shit thing. There's a there's a weird so there's, a, there's a weird nautical hit the poop undercurrent deck. to hit all the of poop this. Deck. Poop deck. That's what it is. <laughs> um, the nautical this, undercurrent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's when he get when he leaves when Dean leaves this woman and her her husband show up and immediately recognize Agent something uh, as Sam. And is she's immediately flirtatious with this dude yeah. and asks in all front about, of her husband, oh, "Where's your, where's your other partner?" And yeah, she's just actively kind of hitting on Sam directly in front of her husband, which seems like a bad move. And he's like very grumpy about it. He's like, "Why are you like like actually trying to fuck this man in front of me right now? Can you please relax?" There's a moment later where where Dean comes back and meets these two, and uh, they leave and go to the bar, and the camera is facing Sam with them behind it. And there there's this couple just arguing with one another. Like, can't believe you were hitting on that guy. Uh, during this though, Sam has a flashback to having sex with this woman in the bathroom of something with her demanding him to cuff her. And I'm like, Sam, what? Yeah. What? Cuff her to the poop deck. Cuff her to the poop. T- <laughs> be an illegal move. Yeah. That's an illegal move. <laughs> That's, in an most illegal states. move. That's an illegal maneuver in Rhode Island. <laughs> That's not, that's not something you should be doing in Bristol. <laughs> Oral sex is illegal in Louisiana. Cuffing to the poop deck, definitely illegal in Rhode, in Rhode Island. So, <clears throat> man. Hey, real quick. Is that thing you said just now, is that true? That's absolutely true. Uh, they actually, this is, 
a couple of years ago, we had a, a weird thing where some cops in Baton Rouge were enforcing some ancient uh, no um, where anal sex was technically illegal, um, any, any kind of anal penetration or whatever. And they were going through and like arresting people for anal sex. Where they were just basically arresting a bunch of homosexuals for having homosexual sex. And it was it, it caused a little bit of an outrage, as you might imagine, because that's some crazy bullshit and not, not cool at all. But yeah, Louisiana... I went down this this rabbit hole a few years ago, so some of this may be taken off. But like there was there was some weird stuff on there, like you can't smoke on Sundays, and um, like you can't have oral sex with technically, and like just all sorts of weird stuff. Like Google like weird laws on your home state and have a good time because there's all kinds of crazy stuff. So. Damn. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it right here, felon. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Jeremy smokes on Sundays. <laughs> I smoke on Sundays. That's the one um, I'm looking to. <laughs> so, uh, Dean has found a picture of Sam and Samuel uh, on the wall of this establishment because this place, like, has a some sort of competition eating competition and Sam and Samuel are in the background of some idiot boy. So, that kind of tells them, like, oh, this is definitely a case that they have worked before. So, yeah. And Dean is like, hey, man, hunters, I don't know what he says, but he says hunters should never come back to the same town again because, like, you always leave a mess when you go somewhere. And and case in point here, regardless of any case, Sam boned down on a lady and now she's like, hey, Officer Hunk, what's up? <laughs> Agent Hunk. Agent Hunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dean says that uh, hunters don't use the same crapper twice, which is a weird expression, but I can, I can totally see how that working, how that works. And, uh, this, this next scene, Chris is a weird one to me because it's basically like they're trading dadisms back and forth to one they another. They just quote John back and forth at each other for like 45 <laughs> minutes. And then the episode ends. It was a super weird episode. <laughs> it's just number one. Listen, they have all of these quotes just stashed in their back pocket, ready to go. And it's, it's almost like who has the better John quote that would yeah. apply to the situation. Well, and dad let said me we would, we should argument. never go back to a town more than once. Well, dad said we should never leave a job unfinished. And he's like, oh, well, dad said that I could have the first Mac and cheese. What your turn. <laughs> <laughs> dad said we should never hunt in bristol he specifically said that <laughs> but uh sam comes up with the better dad quotes so they decide to stay and investigate how often do you think the boys do that how often do you think they go back and forth trading to see who can come up with the best just, John quote constantly I, I have, this has to have happened uh, uh, just so many times off camera <laughs> that's, so that's many how times. they make half of their decisions is just whoever can come up with the most inspiring uh john winchester quote and they're like dude dad said it's so i guess we gotta do it hey uh hey dean do you want to do you want to go to mcdonald's no man uh dad said that you never go to mcdonald's 20 miles south of nebraska that's what's that's what's a hard fast rule <laughs> yeah but dad said also never leave uh, a milkshake on un- unshook so we gotta do it that's that's true never leave a milkshake unshook <laughs> <laughs> you can pr- print that john winchester <laughs> quote put it on the wikipedia I'm just gonna um, casually write that down as an idea for John Winchester's face on a T-shirt, <laughs> saying "Never leave a milkshake unshook." <laughs> Ooh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, they so they decide to stay. Uh, Dean says he's going to go investigate the missing women. He's going to do his thing, and Sam is going to go investigate the cops. Uh, this is, <laughs> goes about as well as you could expect. Yeah, which which is really really because funny. We know that Sam beat the dog out of a guy last year, but Sam doesn't know that. 
exactly and as soon as sam goes to walk into um well first i think we get actually the scene with dean and one of the missing girls roommates and finds out that uh sam has been banging was banging one of the one of the missing chicks so in the space of a 10 minute into this episode we found out that sam was having sex with at least two women one of which Um, has gone missing I think that when Dean says, what was the nature of their conversation meeting Sam and this, and this woman, she says it's loud and athletic, loud and athletic. It's, and you can tell she's kind of jealous and, and Dean is just all kinds of squicked out, right? Like he's just like, Ugh, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to have this conversation about my brother. This is weird. <laughs> um, the other thing that I noted here that before they, they go off to their separate ways is Sam sort of taking on all of this unnecessary guilt again and being like, Leave if you want to, Dean, whatever, but I'm going to stay and fix this. And Dean being like, okay, I guess I'll fucking stay. Again, it's just, I feel like the the characterization in season six is a little inappropriate. Not that Sam wouldn't feel bad about it, but like, you'd think that he'd be a little bit more like shook up coming out of hell. I know he's got that wall in there, but he should probably still be like, you know what? I feel like I just need to like take it easy and like just not go wild out there, but they have him going wild out there. They have him going wild, and I, I didn't bring up the guilt trip situation because I brought it up last episode, and when I re-listened to that episode earlier today to edit it, I uh, I thought maybe I was a little too harsh on Soulful Sam, uh, but man, Soulful Sam and wanting to apologize and figure out everything that, apologize for, figure out and apologize for everything he did while he was Soulless Sam is some of my least favorite shit in the world. So I'm just I'm just going to ignore it, and I'm just close my eyes mm-hmm. and fingers in my ears, and na 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 my way through it, so I can't, so I can keep watching this show because it's really annoying to me and i know i I don't feel like you feel that way so no i I feel it more and more you know that particular scene i just didn't like i didn't worry about it but um it i think i've said it that this feels more of a a writer issue than it does a character issue Um, i know that we have sam being this type and it's and it's made him in some situations unlikable before um but he's grown out of that and i think it really paid off when we got to see Sam's growth as a character um, mm-hmm. from him having his, you know, kind of whiny situations and whiny isn't necessarily the best word for it, but it can come off that way. Just the way that he is. Um, and, and we've seen him grown up, grow up so much through season four and five, especially season five when he becomes like who he really needed to be. Uh, and then season six, they sort of in a way kind of just revert back. Like Sam isn't out here drinking demon blood to try and save the day, but he's like, He's just a little over the top with it. And I don't want to, it's weird to say, I don't want to blame the character for that because I think Sam Mm -hmm. is better than that now. But the way that these episodes are being written is just leaving him having to perform that same role that he did in season two or whatever. Exactly. And that, and that's and I think that's my major problem with it is, is it feels like it's a regression of Sam's character Mm -hmm. where at the end of season five, um, he had him and Dean had gotten to the point where they were equal partners in this relationship and this hunting relationship in the family business, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed like he was willing to make some hard decisions and not necessarily let his, his emotions or his desire to be quote unquote right or good kind of rule his decision-making process. And that seems to be completely discarded now that he has his soul back and he's back from hell. Um, <clears throat> it's easily explained when you know he came back from hell and didn't have his soul, right? Like that's a that's a mm-hmm. different character at that point. That's why I keep referring to them as with different names so that we can make that distinction. But now that he's 
you know, has that soul back and he's starting to feel bad again. I guess maybe you could make an argument that some of this stuff is trapped behind the wall or the, sure. the fact that his soul is so messed up that, but I don't really think that the writers were that smart on this. Like, yeah. no, no offense to any of the writers. Like, I just don't think that they really considered this and they just wanted this drama to happen in these episodes. Well, we'll have to see where his character goes through this season. Um, cause it's been a while since we've both seen, you know, what comes later. So mm-hmm. there may be a, come a point where he starts to act more like how we sort of envision him acting at this point. And there is maybe some form of that maturity still buried behind the wall. You know, if so much is shut back there that he's a more like distilled down version of Sam Winchester that doesn't have as much of the, uh, the growth and, you know, the, the dirt, Sam got a lot of dirt on him, a lot of, uh, sure. a lot of wounds and, and shit that grows with him. And that's what helps you mature is the, the shit you go through. And if all that shit you go through is sort of bottled up and put away somewhere, and you're not learning anything from it. Maybe that explains why he's reverted back a little bit. But that, again, might be us giving too much credit. <laughs> sure. Um, so back to the episode. We're yeah. going to uh, <laughs> Sam arrives at the police station and uh, immediately the cop that he clocked in the uh, intro of this episode spies him cuffs him and puts him in a, in a jail cell. And we were introduced to one of the uh, more prominent members of this more prominent characters of this episode, which is the sheriff's wife. Um, the sheriff's wife has a name. I think it's Britta, uh, but she has a weird for me, a weird place in this whole thing because she's not the sheriff later on. It's referred to as like, he tells uh, Sam and Samuel, the sheriff does that, she's she she works with him at the police station and he he makes decisions with her which makes sense we're a husband and wife couple but she's just down here like immediately and i, yeah. I don't <laughs> understand where she comes from uh but she's demanding name, to know where i wrote her name down as rena i don't know if that's accurate i think we both okay. were in the same sound department but maybe not sure on all the same well i mean letters. you're not even listening to the soundtrack so i don't even know what you're listening to it's true <laughs> i'm just listening to the same's hair <laughs> and the rustles that it makes oh i can tell you use that extra conditioner this week um but she's demanding to know where her where her husband is because uh we don't quite know this yet we're gonna we're gonna get to know this through some ex- some stuff that i think we can kind of skip over but basically uh she's there to confront sam and sam has no memory and somehow sam manages to convince this poor woman that he has no memory and that he sh- that she should let him go and she stages a breakout for him which yeah no sweat is, no Those are deal. some intense puppy dog eyes. And man, she's like, well, I better go get chick. some, I better get some rope so you, we can like really stage this thing. Huh? Better time. At least you didn't have to like or hit her or anything. Christ. Yeah. yeah she's like, hold on, you gotta give me a, bl- a bloody lip. Come on. Sam's like, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Last. <laughs> Sola, I, so, Sola Sam would have already hit her. <laughs> we see some flashbacks about, yeah, Sola Sam. Yeah. She would have been choked out already. We, we see some uh, some flashbacks of uh, Sam and Samuel, solo Sam and Samuel, um, having a, a conversation with the sheriff and, and his wife uh, last year. Uh, it's in it's just them sitting around discussing what they're they're facing, I guess, or, or what it is that they do. And um, the only thing really significant that you can pull out of this is that the sheriff and his wife did seem to believe Sam and Samuel. And yes. um, they say something about them working as a you know family business and sam is just like i you know i don't know him i just work with him professionally that's that's really all it is um just yeah, to I really didn't, i didn't grow up with him or anything and or that because samuel's basically getting some beers in him and just whining about mary winchester so that's because that's yeah i imagine that's what that dude does every night of his cursed existence is yeah. drink too much beers too many beers and whine about mary winchester to a bunch of people who have no idea who she is yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> Mary who? <laughs> um, during all of this, we, we have some more attacks, this time on the uh, the lady from earlier, the, the cuff me lady. Uh, and uh, yeah. Dean puts it get together pretty quick that all of the ladies that are disappearing have had sex with Sam. So he all, tries to call Sam. All of the Sam. disappearing ladies have told Sam that they want to be cuffed to a poop deck at some point. Yes. Those yes, are the magic absolutely. words. <laughs> Cuff me to a poop deck, daddy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you would rather I said, cuff me to a poop deck and call me daddy? Uh, <laughs> is, no. that, is that better? No. That got, that got worse? <laughs> Sorry. It's way worse. It's way worse. Okay. It's fine. That's cool. Uh, Dean basically just begs Sam, hey, this is about you. Please just stay in our shitty hotel room and don't do anything. Just just stay in one place. But of course, Sam can't. Uh, Sam breaks into the police station looking for the sheriff's files on the old case. Can't find them. So breaks into the sheriff's house and confronts the widow. Uh, or not the widow, but the confronts the sheriff's wife, Britta slash Rena, about where the files are. <laughs> Sam, we only see just, about a third of this because he's just off yeah. doing stuff. Also, Sam, can you dial this down a little bit? <laughs> like in yeah, your interest you, to apologize for all the bad things you're doing, you're doing way more bad things. Yeah. I don't I don't like this. Sam is acting like a dang fool because they have to move the plot forward as quickly as possible because they have all of these flashback scenes that they need to be able to fit into the action. We only have like 42 <laughs> minutes with commercial breaks, okay? And uh, and don't forget, we still have to get to the Spider Man because <laughs> okay. we haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> don't even don't even get it twisted about the Spider Man because he's still coming. He's still coming down the pipeline. <laughs> and we're about to see this uh, because the the sheriff's wife, Britta slash Rena, uh, we could have just looked this up, and I'm not even going to we're bother not at this point. That's not uh, who we are. Produces these these files, and Sam reads them and flashes back a few times. We don't really learn uh, a whole lot about it, uh, but that's you know just basically the family stuff that you mentioned just a minute ago. Um, and he kind of remembers him and Samuel putting together a plot to, uh, to catch that, whatever this monster is like, they can't really figure out what it is. They just know what it eats. Uh, and then we get cut to back to the present where the sheriff's sheriff's wife just makes him feel real bad for the sheriff missing. And Sam's like, I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, if he died, he died a hero. A he hero. died a hero. <laughs> and then he walks outside he walks outside and there's just gigantic cobwebs everywhere everywhere <laughs> and the camera we see this they do the thing where they like the monster is looking at him from the bushes and the monster mm-hmm. has like 17 zillion eyes or whatever mm-hmm. it's really strange because maybe i missed it did they have they talked about any spider stuff up till now <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think maybe in one of the flashbacks they say it's something like an arachne or something. I actually didn't totally catch the name. Ah, uh, okay. It's something, you know, arachnish. You know, like an arachnid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever the word for a fancy spider is. Maybe I missed um, that because all of a sudden there were cobwebs everywhere and we had like multi-eyed viewpoints and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Did yeah. so, can someone please explain the spider thing to me? It's um, Shelob. It's, excuse me? It's Shelob? Oh, from from Dune? Oh, from Lord of the Rings. Cut it out. You don't get my LTR references that I can't be on this podcast. I thought you were saying Shai Halud from Dune. I was about to get excited. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go down to Dune. uh, uh, Let's do a Dune podcast. Just went deep. 
So, yeah, um, Sam's being stalked by Spider-Man, and nobody seems to want to do anything about it. But um, just just as his spidey senses start to tingle, Dean shows up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yes, the Dean my, shows up. My uh, Dean shows up, and as as Sam tells him, he's starting to remember things. Sam finally confesses that he's been remembering stuff all over the place. Uh, Dean is extremely like, upset Dean, because Dean, I think I'm Spider Man. <laughs> Dean, I think I my name is is Leader Parker. I'm just trying to avoid those, those Disney lawsuits at this point. Um, but no, it, Dean says Dean's very upset about this because obviously Sam remembering is the one thing that he's not right. supposed to do. So of course he wants to leave again. Um, this is where we get more. Let's call uh, Bobby and Rufus and have them take care of the spider thing or whatever. Um, and then Soulful Sam just he gets those those great big old brown puppy dogs and just just convinces Dean that they got to do it. Yeah. And Chris. <laughs> this this montage of them creating the uh, serial killer wall to, in order to oh, yes. My bad. try to like they, uh, they they get the thing of yarn out from the trunk and they yep. start putting up pictures on their poster board that they get they from stopped their at Michael's scrapbooking store. source yeah what the hell is all of this <laughs> and then so they they set everything up on the wall they do their serial killer you know wall map thing and then they realize and, and dean there's just like this big moment where dean is finally like he looks at sam like holy shit and sam looks at dean like holy shit what is it big bro tell me and Dean is like, you came here one year ago and read a bunch of Spider-Man comics, and that's what you're remembering. <laughs> nope. Unfortunately not. Um, oh, man. I, this, this, this next scene is the second worst thing that Sam does in this episode. Soul as Sam does in this, in this episode. And um, it makes me feel bad for ever saying that I liked Soul as Sam. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they don't show us the uh, bad shit until it's too late. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Sam flashes back and he remembers uh, the situation that they laid out. Essentially, they used Roy, who is the sheriff, as bait and told him to go to this one location that they were pretty sure that this spider creature would would be hunting for man meat at. And sure enough, they were. She was uh, the the spider lady, spider woman, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Snatches Roy. I will. Uh, and uh, and Samuel says, oh, God, what are we going to do? And Sam says, oh, I got his GPS tracked. We're just going to track his cell phone. And Samuel says, I don't understand your crazy technology. I am nothing but a caveman hunter. All I am here to do is to hunt <laughs> cavemen, and I don't understand any of this. Cra- anyway, uh, I, they, they use Roy as bait. And it, it's implied uh, that Sam, this was Sam's entire plan from the beginning, is yeah. to have this dude snatched so they could track, it, track him back to the lair, which Honestly, is pretty shitty. It's a shitty plan, but like, an effective one. <laughs> I mean, it works, but it it works the same way that um, what was the episode when they sent? I think it was Raphael, and that the Raphael was just going to kill the entire town to stop the wishful thinking guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it would work about as well as that, and and nobody wanted to kill the entire town to stop that one problem. No. So Castiel was considering it, though. Don't y'all ever forget? <laughs> oh, Castiel was into it. He was like, "Well, this is pretty expedient, and I do have other shit I got to do." <laughs> So. <laughs> and I don't have a crush on this human yet, so nope. <laughs> We're still just kind of testing the waters with each other. Yeah, if you know that's what the I mean. thing. Everybody thinks it's love at first sight, but like true love is built over time, you know. Yeah, I mean, there can be an attraction or an intensity or a feeling of, um, you know, like a recognizable feeling. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've known this person for a long time, even yeah. though I've only met them. And I feel like that's what Sam and Dean had uh, from the moment that Sam, excuse me, from the Cass and Dean. 
from the moment that Kaz uh, reached down and pulled him up from perdition. Gripped, gripped him tight and raised him from perdition, of course. <laughs> gripped him tight and raised him from perdition. Uh, also, the name of my sex tape. I just yeah. want you to know that. Yeah. So. Gripped him tight <laughs> is, the, is the first first or second line of, of every uh, Destiel fanfic. It has to be. Yeah. It just has to be. Um, and that's when I felt him grip me tight, Dean said in a husky voice. <laughs> his eyes Sam, blazing over okay <laughs> Sorry. okay Sorry. chris what are you doing <laughs> Stop, put, put the word doc down Is go back cold to medicine kicking in <laughs> uh sammy samuel and this is all in flashback in our in our weird blue filtered black and white kind of flashback uh sammy samuel track this track roy down they find the spider woman's lair they find all these dudes that are completely covered in cobwebs and are presumed dead until they start moving and scare the shit out of Sam and Samuel. Uh, they find Roy still alive. Uh, as they're about to try to free Roy, Spider-Woman shows up. And uh, in a very quick fight, she slams Samuel against the wall and Sam beheads her. And that's, that's, that's the fight. Yeah. But and that's then, not the thing. That's not the bad thing that happens. Yeah, this now we, is the time for Soulless Sam to really just break my heart all over the place. Yeah, we don't. We don't get flashbacks because somebody killed a monster. Nobody's interested in that sort of thing. Uh, we no. get flashbacks. Although I am for, very interested um, in Spider Woman, I hope that comes up more <laughs> because that's sure. fascinating. So, so uh, Roy has been uh, attacked by the spider. Um, they all have. And Sam is like, yeah, man, have you seen what a brown recluse can do to a human being? Like, you get poisoned. Like, don't even bother calling for help because, like, he's toast. Uh, and Samuel was like, I mean, I don't know. He might not. He might not be toast. He might be okay. But Sam's like, uh, uh-uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Uh, hey, uh, Roy, you, you did a great job, and now I gotta fucking blow your brains out. And that's what he does. Sam coldly execute these fuckers. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Chris. Th- th- this this was a pretty effective uh, kind of one two punch for me because I had already forgotten about the very original scene mm-hmm. from the beginning of the episode where we see Samuel's face as he's as Sam is going around shooting people. So now to see Sam walking around and just executing these dudes, just killing them, shooting them in the head. He has a whole speech he gives to Roy about being a hero that you can tell. You can see like soul of Sam's dead eyes. He just does not believe at all. He just wants to kill these dudes because it'll be yeah. easier for him. Yep. You know, it's there's no collateral damage that way. You don't have to. Well, he thinks there's no collateral damage that way. He thinks mm-hmm. that he can just, why well, we don't even have to bring them to the hospital. Like that's a whole other thing that I don't want to deal with. So let's just put them down now. We don't need to wait out the night and see if they turn out okay or anything. Let's just kill them and be done with it. Yeah, I man, this is even Autumn watching this. It was like Jesus fucking Christ. What 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 is this? <laughs> Why are these people being so mean? Uh, and that's not enough because Sam <laughs> says uh, we we've shot him, but we should also destroy the evidence. Let's go ahead and salt and burn this place and light yeah. and burns them all. Wow, that's super mean. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great, Sam. And I don't <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as Sam is remembering all of this, uh, they get a phone call from Britta slash Rena, and uh, Sam can immediately tell that something is up. So they rush over, and sure enough, Roy the Sheriff is now Spider Man as opposed to the Spider Woman. And we find out that the Spider Woman a year ago was capturing all these men not to eat them, but to breed them and convert them into spider dudes. She was trying to get a piece of that pie. You know what I'm saying? A uh, piece of that. She just wants eight slices of the spider pie. That's what she wants. Just yes. Eight delicious slices of spider pie. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy's face is all fucked up. Uh, I don't know what they thought spiders he's, look like. He's, no, he's got a spider he just face. Looks like he, he's just got kind of beat up and has like a kind of a weird white eye. So yeah. I guess that's... I mean, dragons are people, so I guess Spider-Men are people too. But He just looks like he's got like some sticky shit on his face. That's really it. Uh, and but he's, a bullet hole he's, in his head too. And a bullet hole in his head. Uh, and he specifically tells Sam that by the time Sam shot him, he wasn't human anymore. Uh, which I feel like is only there so that the writers could let Sam off the hook for this a little bit. A little like, oh, bit, he didn't yeah. actually he didn't actually kill anybody. Uh, he killed a thing, which is yeah. what he's supposed to do. It's also um, just to like a firm reminder that uh, monsters be fucking this season. Monsters, monsters be fucking Chris. They be breeding. That's the that's what they be doing. Yeah. Uh, I I almost said that I like this, and I it's not like I want to watch the monster porno or anything. I just I like the idea of these monsters it's having an agenda. Yeah first time that i watched this episode um i i didn't care a ton about like what was happening in in the past but i i was interested the first time through in in what they were hunting because uh they had never hunted a spider person before so it, it was it was unique in that way and i wanted i did legitimately want to know what was going on uh, and what was the cause of it all because it couldn't have just been like sam killing people a year ago you know there's got to be some spooky monster here somewhere um so it, it didn't necessarily like come through with something like really big and cool but at least they were staying true to the theme of of season six which is monsters be fucking um monsters be fucking mpf <laughs> so yeah i'm glad we got some of that absolutely I, and, and again monsters have an agendas right like the the, the idea <laughs> that the, right they do that they're out there, uh, you know, step one, uh, meet, step two, fuck, step three, eat. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd like that yeah. they have a little to-do list that they're just checking off in season six. That's it's good stuff. like Jim Tan Laundry for the Jersey Shore cast, but it's, um, it's... Yeah, eat, meet, fuck, or excuse me, meet, meet, meet eat, fuck. Meet, fuck, eat. No, meet, fuck, eat. Yeah, sorry. That's the new segment on our bonus episodes, right? Yeah, meet, fuck, eat. <laughs> eat, meet, fuck. <laughs> Who would you rather? <laughs> we're not gonna do that we're not doing we're that. definitely not gonna yeah, stop if you're opening up your email client of choice right now just put it down put it down you dirty minded freaks <laughs> that listen to this podcast and you know who i'm talking about <laughs> i know who i know who each and every one of you are <laughs> um so we have this confrontation roy does his big villain thing and talks about um how hey, he you, had to flee hey, the burning room yeah sam you were really mean to me last year and i'm pissed <laughs> which is i mean it's true but also like okay you're a spider-man that's been eat, trying to eat girls this entire episode like maybe yeah. we don't care about your feelings so much because in case we didn't mention it already <clears throat> he was he was going after all of the women that sam had been sleeping with as a, a way to draw him in and he thought that it would have been super obvious he thought that sam would have like right away picked up on what he was doing but little did he know that our boys got his soul back yeah, uh, he, which he refers to as brain damage, and mm-hmm. um, he's it, he's kind of excited about this. He's like, "I'm going to get to tell you everything you did, and then kill you about it. That's going to be fun." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I th- this is all this is all okay. Uh, I, I I'm I'm kind of into into all of this. Like this dude's whole villain. This episode is, is, is like good. ridiculous and stupid, but like I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fine. Uh, it's. But he basically says that they've hidden the girls everywhere. So we're not going to get, and we're not going to get any kind of resolution on where these women are, which, you know, because <laughs> RIP yeah. Cougar Lady and, Sorry. or excuse me, Cuff Me Lady and everyone else that's involved that, you know, had sex with Sam. Yeah. Just, I mean, 
Once he stings them, right, Chris? They, they <laughs> it's just more stung. <laughs> There's a whole episode about them staying stung. It's a whole fucking episode proving our point. Uh, somehow in a commercial break, this dude webs up Sam and Dean. And Chris, I have a question for you. Hit, lay uh, on me. In the in the in the popular Marvel incarnation of Spider-Man, in the mm-hmm. original one, uh, Spider-Man actually created webs from his from his like robotic things that he invented because yeah. he was a smart yeah. dude, right? Uh, later on, um, I believe. Uh, he at some point in time he started since like producing webs out of his wrist right so he didn't have to constantly like in the comic books he was constantly looking for web fluid or running out of mm-hmm, web fluid mm-hmm. or whatever so they they wanted to get away from that so now he could just produce it from his body uh i don't know if you know much about spiders if you do you probably know what the question i'm about to ask uh what do you, in this in the supernatural version of arachne where do you think they produce this these webs from? Because butts, I know we're their butts. They're hundred percent their butts. Okay, good. Okay, I, that was a that was a 100%. long lead, but I'm glad you got there with me. Hundred <laughs> percent their butts is the best thing you could have said right there. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's just fucking Sheriff Roy like perched up on a chair with this right? spool of web coming out of his ass crack. His wife watching in horror, like, "Oh my yeah. God, Roy, you were always become, very Roy? very skittish about butt stuff, and now look at you." <laughs> Roy, this is illegal in Louisiana. <laughs> Good thing we're in Rhode Island. Uh, Roy, you wouldn't even let me put a finger in there. And now look at it. What, what are you doing? He's just fucking weaving baskets out of web. <laughs> I'm going to sell this at, at the at the church social. Um, my husband made it with his bum. So uh, the boys get free. I think Dean finds a broken bottle and cuts the web open, and it takes twenty-seven minutes or something. Uh, he makes a makes a play for uh, Spider-Man. Um, it doesn't work. So Britta slash Rena goes over and frees Sam somehow, and Sam beheads this dude, and he's dead. And they don't have to worry about that guy anymore. Yeah. Um, the one line that and I forgot to mention that I wanted uh, that, what was that? <laughs> that I wanted to mention was. Uh, Roy telling Sam that he tried to kill one monster and it ended up creating so many others. I think that's a really good line and uh, kind of, you know. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, straight up in, into our our whole thing with Sam this season. So It feels like you could say that about every hunter. You know, you kill one monster, but what do you become yourself? Yep. And it also feels like monster, you could say that about monsters, too. <laughs> like you kill one hunter and For you sure. cre- create several more at the same time, especially if they have kids. Um the the last scene in this is uh well not the last scene we do get a scene of Sam walking Britta slash Rena back to her home which is weird because I thought that's where they were but whatever uh and she her slamming the door in his face as she as he attempts to apologize you might say that she was dubbing him unforgiving yeah Chris yeah is a dub the unforgiving never free Everybody. I wonder. I wonder if we could convince uh, one of our, our our singing listeners to uh, do a version of our intro for season right six here. to the I tune could... of Unforgiven. Look no further. That's you. <laughs> do it, dude. I'm ready. Get into it. <clears throat> All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, finally, in our our epilogue, it's Sam and Dean talking. Uh, Dean insisting that everything is going to be okay. Uh, Sam incredibly worried about what he has done and what he doesn't know. And then Sam falling to the ground uh, and having what looks like a seizure. 
and the camera zooms into his eyes and we get him basically in hell and obviously in the box uh burning alive yeah and the episode ends yeah so um hunted the thing <laughs> did not Didn't. did not really take care of family business and forgot to to save the people so yeah nobody got saved they're literally gone what did they even what happened to them nobody knows yeah because roy wasn't trying to kill his wife like they didn't save they didn't save Britta slash Rena. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, Dean, I think in here says says something about like hunting being dirty work, which is a theme that they obviously used to um, play on a lot. I mean, it's especially dirty when you're swabbing the poop deck. But um, um, you should see what it, what what it looks like after I'm getting done cuffed to it. Yeah, <laughs> you should see what it's what, when Roy's done with it. What it looks like. Um, Oof. But it's a theme that, that we used to play with a lot in like season one and two where like the boys like got to get out of town and they can't come back. You know, and this is what happens when you come back. Well, this isn't necessarily what happens when you come back because things were a little bit different last time. But um, <laughs> This feels like a kind of a unique situation even for Hunter. For sure does. Really. This for sure does. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's reinforcing some old themes. If not, in a, you know, it's a little bit of an over dramatic way because you know, everything that happened. But it, it, it's kind of touching back on on some old supernatural stuff, which I always enjoy. Yeah, this is all in all, this is a good episode. Um, yeah. It's, it's like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of goofy. It's it, again, I just want to, I want to the whole reason that the boys knew to come to Rhode Island was because the Spider-Man texted Sam on his, yeah. his personal cell phone. So yeah, I just want to, just want to mention that <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> and, texted Sam. Yeah. Spider-Man texted Sam Winchester. That's a thing that happened in this episode. Uh, and, but, despite all of that, like them playing with uh, Sam's memories and causing us, causing Sam to remember all this horrible shit that he did is still working for me in, in a way, even though it, it breaks my, my poor little soul of Sam heart uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm losing my fave. So yeah. hey, I can't like a dude that like shot up five innocent people, Chris. I just can't like that dude. Yeah, no, I mean, no matter what he is. Wouldn't be a fave if they weren't problematic, right? Yep. You can, you can enjoy the villains. You just can't like them. So, right. right. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm into I'm into all of this, and then I, I remember at the time watching Sam collapse and seeing the, the whole fire thing and going like, "Oh shit, we're about to get like some deep metaphysical stuff," and mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. The next episode we're going to cover is Mannequin Three: The Reckoning. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even I can't even get through the title. Uh, <clears throat> it was written by Eric Carmelo and Nicole Snyder, directed by Jeannot Zwork. Oh yeah, I bet you nailed it. Jeannot, if I've said that wrong, please write in monsteroftheweek.cool/contact and let me know. <laughs> I apologize. Strive to get all of everyone's name pronounced correctly, but sometimes you know it's just. You have a lot of letters in there. Sometimes so, you just get right into that slice of pie and just move on. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put the pie in your mouth and just and just say whatever comes out. Uh, this episode aired on February 18th, 2011. Dean rushes home to check on Lisa. Ben calls Dean and tells him Lisa is in trouble. Dean leaves Sam to investigate a case alone and rushes home to rescue Lisa. However, he's not prepared for what meets him at the door. Meanwhile, Sam discovers the men that were murdered were all part of a cruel practical joke played on a female coworker who went missing. Okay, see so, you next time, guys. See you next time on Monster of the Week. Uh, this is a pretty good episode. I don't know. 
I don't really know how much you want to get into it. Like, what 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 is your like? What do you want to talk about on this episode? Because there's there's obviously the a plot and the b plot, um, and like this whole mannequin situation is funny and goofy, and it's presented in a really funny and goofy way that I like. But like, there's not a lot of discussion meat to pick off of the the conversation. No, for button. sure. I guess we can just we can push through it, just get through the events and see what pops up. Um, I think the main the main force of this episode is uh, Dean going off to to kind of find something, maybe some closure with with Lisa and Ben. Um, And I I was going to say it's like Sam being a little bit more mature in this episode and we get a little bit of that towards the end. Um, But I think it's just more like, hey, Sam can hunt on his own now. He's not a, a crazy psycho anymore, but he's also not like a broken shell who's going to go drink some demon blood or something like he got this. Dean, please take the opportunity. Do yourself this favor and and, and go to them. Because and the as much this is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, just as much as Sam really needs Dean to push him in the right direction. A lot of the times every once in a while, Sam needs Sam or Dean needs Sam or Dean needs somebody to push him in the right direction because Dean can be very stubborn about feelings <laughs> yeah if dean feels especially if dean feels that he's been wronged in some way mm-hmm. um which is which surprised me in this episode and i was trying to think back to any events that happened and why he would feel the need to be angry at lisa <clears throat> and i don't i don't understand it at all uh and we'll, we'll i don't get really yeah just, why just does he keep not answering the phone yeah, that, that's the whole buildup. Like throughout them investigating this whole the whole mannequin murders, which we'll talk about. Don't, don't, we're not going to just ignore the mannequin murders in the room. I promise. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, he's he's just ignoring Lisa's phone calls uh, until the point where Sam uh, finally encourages him to answer, and it's not Lisa calling him, but Ben calling him, and Ben saying, uh, "You know, Mom is in her room. She won't come out. She refuses to talk to me. Something's weird. You have to come. You have to come." And uh, Sam at that point encourages Dean. It's like you have to go. You have you have to go check on this. You, you this is this is what you do. This is you have to go. And uh, when he when he arrives, it's it's you know Lisa opens the door and it's she's dressed up for obviously a date and something something has been going on. Dean says that they've been parent trapped, which I think mm-hmm. is very funny. Yeah, I kind of uh, I, I maybe the first time I watched this, I might have been tricked by what Ben was doing here. But when he called Dean and he, and Dean answered, like, I was like, that's, that's kind of a dirty trick, Ben. But I also sort of like that he's doing it because he's a little kid. He's like a, you know, 12, 13, something like that. And like this guy who he like really started to see as a father figure, just like up and left his life. And he's just, he's just, he's acting out to try and get him back. (laughs) Yeah. I've talked about this before. I think on, if not this podcast and other podcasts, but uh, my parents were divorced at a young age. And uh, when my mom was, uh, in the, was remarried to a dude, my stepdad, who was, you know, one one of the greatest dudes I've ever known in my life. Like, you know, that must must. It's since then I've come around on this dude. But like <laughs> at the time, you know, any time that that something weird would happen, I would. Why 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 can't mom and dad just be together? Why can't mom and dad just be together? And obviously, this dude doesn't know dad because we don't. We've never met bio dad, but uh, he looks up to Dean a whole lot. Like they they share a lot of similar interests um, because Dean could be a cool dad like dean could mm-hmm. be an extremely cool dad he's very knowledgeable he's he's very he's he's got great dad material all over him um, for sure he's just he's just not great family material when it comes no. to anybody at, ever at all <laughs> and i think that that's all dean's whole thing is here is that he he went back there as a vampire which is just sort of the like 
culmination of everything that he's always afraid. It's, you know, putting a real exclamation point on exactly what he's been talking about. It didn't have to be the literal metaphor of him being <laughs> a vampire in order to get the point across <laughs> of like, look at the shit that I bring home to you. Look at how I'm going to fuck up your life if I'm in it. And so him trying his his damnness to just shut himself away from Lisa, who I believe the last time she left a message, she was like, you pushed my kid. That's fucked up, Dean. Um, so there no, was that, like that a was an actual phone call. That was I mean, they would he was in the middle of a thing. It was in the middle of when he had his. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. When everybody was telling him the thing. truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she and he, he was like, we need to talk about this later. And she's like, no, you you pushed my kid. We're going to deal with this right now. That's right. That's um, right. Which is where I thought things had ended, and so I assumed that it was that he had walked away from this relationship and been had left it all behind. And even though that probably hurt on both sides to to have that happen, she was finally pulling back and refusing to support him. And because before that, she was like, "You go do your hunter thing and come back to us, and we'll make it work." And that was the ending of that. Like him pushing Ben said, okay, no, you can't come around anymore. You, you go do your hunter thing and you lose my phone number. Yeah. And so when he arrives and she's dressed up to a date as for a date and uh, he finds out that, you know, it's this dude named Kyle who's a doctor and he's kind of being sarcastic and shitty about it. I'm like, Dean, what the fuck are you doing? Like you should be, you really shouldn't even be in the room. Like you should, yeah. you should let her deal with Ben's shit and then you should leave. You should have no business being in this household anymore. I guess it's the only reason he has any business being there is because Lisa very clearly wants him there. And then she basically does say like, hey, you got to go. But she she doesn't have it in her exactly because it re- realistically, that's that's where they both want to be. They just know that they they can't be there. And Dean says as much to Ben later, like, hey, just because I love you guys doesn't mean it's like good that I'm in your life because I'm only going to bring bad things to you. So the best thing I can do is to just just not be around you. And I know that we're jumping all over the dang place here, but I, I do actually like the the conversation that, that Dean has with Ben where he starts to say, hey, when you're older, you'll understand. And, and Ben's like, screw you. I'm not a little kid. So Dean is like, OK, you know what? I'm going to treat you with respect and I'm going to I'm going to tell you how it is. And um, that's where you see like good dad material coming out of Dean. He's like, hey, this kid wants respect. He's going to give him some respect so we can really communicate with him. And um, Ben says some nice stuff about Dean about being like, hey, you act like you're like this big piece of shit and like your life is so awful. But like, I don't see you that way. I see you as a father figure. I see you as a euro. Like, and that's pretty cool. Um, I think Dean is still justified in him not wanting Ben to have anything to do with this because. Absolutely. Being a hunter is bad news generally. But I mean, I can I can totally see where Ben is coming from. He's yearning for a father figure. He's yearning for for Dean. You know, he's this guy who has become an important role model in his life, who's a total badass, but also maybe not super healthy to have him around. And I mean, presumably De- uh, Ben remembers Dean, you know, saving him from the crazy, creepy. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember what it was. I don't remember the name of the creature, but the the mom thing that was replacing him with a soul sucking. <laughs> mom drinking yeah. monster so like yeah. probably looks up to that dude a whole lot um for sure there's some there's there's some really great lines in this scene i've, I've really really enjoyed the ben and dean moment here um that that sound sounded worse when it came out than a minute too yeah. but i really enjoyed this this conversation between ben and dean uh dean phrases himself as somebody that uh he says i can't be that person that eats at your dinner table 
uh, which yeah. is a uh, is a very succinct way and a very complicated way of saying you know I'm 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 not good enough and I'm I'm too broken to be around and Ben responds to that with saying why do you talk about yourself like you're so bad and then goes into all of the things that you said about I look at you like you're a hero like a hero and yeah. I, yeah. I just that I really line, like that. I do really like that yeah line. man um my it, ger- my job it, turns me into someone who can't sit at your dinner table that's a good line. That's it's good, and and this this whole conversation is great. I I love Ben responding to Dean with this, being kind of act insane. Like you know, you you talk about family as being the most important thing, and who is that? That but the people that care for you and want to love you, and you're walking away from that. So what mm-hmm. do you really care about? And you can see um, the way that that hits Dean. You know, oh, Ben yeah. is emotional. Dean is emotional, and they they leave the scene off. They don't. We don't get to see how it ends. We just pick back up with Dean later. Um, but I think that it's a very an, an emotional situation. I could imagine Dean giving him a hug or, or, you know, patting him on the back. I don't really know how Dean would handle that. I don't know how private Dean would act when, when the cameras aren't on. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a nice emotional moment. And it, it made me feel sad because as a, as a viewer of Supernatural, I don't necessarily want Dean settling down and not being a kick-ass hunter. But at the same time, when you have an ending, it's like, isn't this what we want for our boys to be happy, for them to get the things that they want? Um, and I, I think that Dean is right. And that this, especially this particular situation could never work. Um, but it's, he tried and, and realizing that like, Hey, we're just not right for each other. I'm not right for this life. I got to walk away. Even though you all mean so much to me, it's just very sad. And let's talk about the conversation that happened between Dean and Lisa right before this, mm-hmm. um, where <clears throat> he he starts yelling at Lisa almost because Lisa is saying, you know, I don't I don't even know what to say. You know, he's and Dean says something like, well, just tell me, you know, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you want. And she says, I, I can't tell you what I want because what I want isn't possible. You know, I, I want you to, you know, I, every time I, I see your number on a caller ID, I think it's Sam calling to tell me that you're dead. I can't help myself. Like I, I know what you do and that's where my mind goes and I can't have that around myself. Mm-hmm. And she says that with, and with all knowledge of knowing that Dean is not going to ever give it up. You know, she, she knows that, that about him. And just like the scene with Ben, that's going to happen afterwards. Uh, this scene doesn't resolve either. It, they just leave it at that where Dean can't possibly answer anything to, to, to this woman that he cares for deeply, but knows that he will somehow hurt or, uh, either emotionally hurt or would be put in some sort of, you know, dangerous situation with when some monster or alpha or demon or angel or whatever the fuck wants to get to <laughs> Dean somehow. And he knows that he can't, he can't have this family, but he's kind of still been holding on to it a little bit. It seems like, mm-hmm. but his, his he anger at he her here really confuses me. I, uh, I think that's just sort of petty jealousy, which is not usually Dean style, but I think also in a way, I, I don't think – I just want to make this clear. I don't think jealousy is a good sign that somebody cares about you. Just kiddos, if you're in a relationship out there, I don't think that that's necessarily a healthy sign. But in this case, we've seen Dean get very uppity and um, and I guess um, jealous about certain things that Sam does because of how much Sam means to him. And he sort of expresses that same thing here with Lisa. Um, yeah. And again, I'm not saying it's healthy, but I'm saying I think that that sort of indicates like he knows he's got no business here, but he, like he can't help but feel that pang of jealousy when she says she's going out on a date with somebody else. It's it's a hard thing to to get to get serious for a moment. Like it's a hard thing to judge because like I know for a fact, you know, me and my wife have been married for a long time. I, there's still situations where I get put in where I, I get jealous, but it's 
it's not something oh, where yeah. I'm trying to control control who sh- who she <laughs> not who everybody she talks has to. everybody experiences jealousy with their significant other. That's fine. I don't. I'm not accusing you. Oh, of I know. Being <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, you know, it's it's a it's 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 just a hard thing to judge because mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a new relationship and someone's being if someone's jealous and they're expressing that to you, it, it can be seen as, oh, this person wants me to be with them all of the time. That means that they love me. Versus, you know, someone that takes that just a little too far and is trying to control them, which is right, just right. very, very unhealthy and very bad i don't know why we're talking about this i'm so sorry because it's a delicate subject and we want dean to be our good boy yeah that that i think um and and just to lighten the mood a little bit when the dean and ben conversation starts he walks in and ben is playing a little video game on his on his portable gaming (laughs) device of some sort yeah and and he's playing plants versus zombies yeah and we know that because dean looks over his shoulder and says that's ridiculous plants could never kill zombies and i just thanks dean (laughs) thanks Dean, just Neil deGrasse Tysoning this shit all over the place. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> this is not even possible. Um, Ben's like, geez, okay, fine, whatever. He's playing it on his like PSP Go or whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> it's it's it gotta be a phone or something, yeah. right? It's just it, or, or or just some nonsense prop. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when when Dean leaves, leaves, uh, he he drives back to meet up with Sam, who is who's just still been hunting mannequins this whole time. Who's been who's been who's been in a serious mannequin hunt. <laughs> which is not something that you would ever say out loud, but here we are. Uh, we have this whole montage and I, I want to talk about this seriously, but I want to get a joke out of the way real quick because uh, he starts thinking about all of the times that he's met Lisa and Ben. And at, at the very first, it's literally just a scene of, of Lisa opening the door for him at some, some location. Like it's like five of them in a row. And it really, <laughs> it made me think that's every single time she's in a scene, she's opening the door and being surprised that Dean is on the threshold. Yep. <laughs> Yep, we've done that like four times now. It's crazy, um, <clears throat> but this this whole montage of him thinking about all of the times, and we get to see some stuff that uh, was in the show originally, like way back at Ben's birthday party when he first met Ben, and then we get to see some stuff that we actually haven't seen in the show, like the, the three of them making breakfast together, or you know, doing doing family stuff together, and Dean obviously going through all of these emotions and. And leaving all of this behind, I think, coming to the conclusion that he has to leave all this behind is is, is, is very powerful. And for an episode titled "Mannequin Three: The Reckoning," I, <laughs> I just I'm, I'm just impressed that they they got some some emotional juice out of it. I think that it's it's surprising in a way that we get so much good emotional stuff out of it. I mean, Dean stuff is almost always good um, or followed through appropriately, but. Mm-hmm. This has been on the back burner for so much of this season that like since the first couple episodes, it's like Lisa and Ben don't exist, especially when Sam came back in when they were, you know, sharing the Impala again. And when we found out Sam doesn't have a soul. So that's, you know, priority number one. Meanwhile, we're going uh, yet another episode without any mention of Lisa or Ben. You know, they just started getting put more and more on the back burner. And I know it hasn't been that many weeks or anything, but suddenly they come back in a pretty good way. Um, and, and they, they follow through even if it wasn't all laid out, even if we didn't get to see like the real connection between, uh, Dean and, and Lisa and Ben, um, they still sort of fulfill on that promise. Anyway, they deliver on the emotional Mm -hmm. rebound from it, I guess. Um, whereas, yeah, maybe we didn't have all the buildup, but the, but the denouement of their relationship is still pretty good. (laughs) I just got shivers (laughs) when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah that, that, 
this this whole thing works, and I I don't really remember if Lisa comes back. I, I have a feeling that Lisa comes back in some sort of way because uh, Supernatural really likes to recycle these characters in in different ways. Uh, but this feels like an ending to this chapter of Dean's life. This possibility of of the of this of Dean ever having a normal life, and I feel like that's what they're really trying to get across here. Is this is Dean fully committing to to this life, uh, and not even. At this point, he's not even going to yearn for having the the apple pie life. I think is what mm-hmm. they keep calling it in the show, uh, and and putting it to bed and because moving on. The easiest, mannequins, <laughs> or maybe not the easiest, but the safest thing for Dean emotionally is to worry about Sam. Six seasons in, his comfort zone, what he is good at, what he he knows how to deal with the best, is Sam. Even when Sam is off drinking demon blood and starting the apocalypse. That's still Dean's wheelhouse is taking care of this shithead. Uh, anything else out of that is it's a challenge for Dean, um, an emotional challenge. And um, I, it's he's got his new mission. That's keeping Sam safe, keeping that wall up in his mind, you know, because um, what else is he doing? Really hunting things for, for death, I guess, because alphas or something like that's that they don't present that as if it's like the key mission here. They're just taking yeah jobs you know they're they're hunting like it's season one because it's just like well let's just hunt um we can't up just until two around. episodes ago the, the whole idea was to get sam soul back and now that that's been done dean really seems to be at loose ends he just doesn't really have a clear idea of what he we got to go do something like it seems like some shit's going bad out there we got to go hunt it yeah. but so, like there's no clear enemy or anything yeah just keep on keeping on and and try to keep your brother in one piece which at, again let's just go back to the beginning of the episode where sam goes into like hell vision for like two minutes i think i think that they um because at the end of last episode sam passed out we see the fire mm-hmm. in his eyes and the beginning of this episode is sam waking up and the fire kind of like fades out of his eyes again and um dean reveals yeah you've been out for a couple minutes and i think sam says that it felt like he was out for a week just to show how hell time works yeah I, for some reason i don't i don't have it in my notes but for some reason i want to say he was out for like an hour but i, I could be totally wrong about that so i'm not gonna I, I'm not going to go down swinging on that one, but yeah, he was out for a small amount of time and he eventually gets it out of Sam that he, Sam felt it like it was like a week. And, uh, this conversation is also is extremely powerful. And all of this occurs before the, the Lisa and Ben scene. Yeah. So when, when Dean is describing you taking all of this stuff and pushing it down and only letting it come up in, uh, spurts of violence and alcoholism, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's a good line. It's a funny line at the point. Uh, but even even Dean says, you know, I'm not I'm not joking. This this is my life now. I was in hell for 40 years and this is my life. This is how I have to deal with it. And this is what you're going to have to do. Because Sam says something to the extent of like, that's that's doesn't sound healthy. And he's like, there is no healthy. Like you were in hell. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing healthy no, about going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. You can't come back all the way from this. You're, you're never going to be. And I don't think he says this specifically, but you can never come back and, and be a whole person again after all of this. Like there's right. just, you ha- you're going to be a broke, you're going to be broken inside. Like there's, there's Dean has accepted this regardless of whether it's, it's true or not. That's where, that's where Dean has, has accepted all of this. Yeah. There's not enough, uh, health vegetable smoothies in the world that can fix you once you go back to health, Sam. So just take it easy with that shit. Remember like season five where they suddenly just have Sam being super healthy all the time. What was going on with that? Well, I mean, they had to explain those rippling muscles that he just sprouted overnight because Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Dude's still pretty cut right now, but he's not like a yeah. fucking gigantor anymore. 
I mean that season season six episode one where he's he's doing the the workout routine and his and his and his jeans is, is something that's that dude it's is true. cut <laughs> that dude needs a bandaid he's so cut. Um, Dean also in this conversation says that um they tried it Sam's way and all of the bad things that were that Dean said would happen happened so now they're going to do it his way and his way is literally just shoving all of this stuff down and yeah. dealing with it later um so this this is going to get us to the main plot of this episode uh which you might be you might be thinking is going to be something super serious and it is to an extent but it's so ridiculous and over the top that it's just especially contrasted with all of these things that are dean is going through with mm-hmm. his his relationship with lisa and ben it's it's this is a, an episode with an identity crisis in my mind because For it's sure. it's all over the place. On the I don't know if, if they just they wanted an episode to show that Sam could hunt again and they wanted to be able to tackle some of Dean's Lisa baggage, for lack of a better term. Or if it's just, hey, we got to deal with Dean's thing at some point. But also we have this script for some mannequins. <laughs> Um, yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's this episode was very entertaining. I actually enjoyed the hunt. It's a little bit, like you said, far fetched. And I don't know if it makes a ton of sense as to why. The I'm mannequin- into it. Like, so the mannequin. Here, here it is. Here, yeah, here it is. It like they, 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 they have killed this chick. Um, and, 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 and listeners, when you're, when you're hearing us talk about this episode, realize that there are, at least two possibly three extended scenes where mannequins come to life and kill people mm-hmm. and like it, it it is it is it is brought to you in exactly the way that you would expect that to be brought to you in like it's a full-on horror movie scene building music weird like people turning around because they think something's there and it's not but really the mannequins behind him the whole time um but the the main plot goes something like a group of dudes at a workplace got together and to pull a prank on this poor, sweet Christian woman who has never really had a, a date or anything. And they decided to set her up like she had a secret admirer. And they told her to go to a specific apartment, which she did because I'm sorry, you're a goddamn idiot. Cause that's mm-hmm. not a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like get a phone number, talk to someone on the phone, meet in a public place. That's what you do. Uh, but she goes to this apartment. She's, you know, naive goes to the apartment. She sees a, a nice dinner laid out in the world's shittiest apartment with a dude in a tux sitting down at the table with a candle lit and roses, the whole nine. Uh, she goes to grab this guy's shoulder to see who it is. And it's, it turns out it's just a mannequin. Oh, it's and just pranks. <laughs> it's just pranks. Ashton Kutcher comes out, uh, says you got punked. Uh, and there's a whole camera crew there. No, it's, just, it's even worse than that because it's all of her like presumably like her not, if not friends then coworkers like people she knows yeah and has to people work she with, works who she doesn't know that well I don't think like they're just and they're super all laughing her. at her and like oh what are you gonna do you finally found someone you're gonna kiss him to life and like all this other stuff and I'm like what like how old are these dudes like what what is, what is there to do in this fucking the, town Johnny the character in this episode is like you know how guys get when they're together I'm like I don't know I've never like bullied somebody I've never, to that ex- i've never bullied anybody I've, i don't think <laughs> I, yeah I, if if i have like i i, I, I oh man I, I hope i have it because jesus th- this is just terrible and when she goes to leave one of them grabs her shoulder and says uh you know oh I, we didn't really mean it that way you know can't you take a joke and she trips and falls and hits bust her head open and all of these dudes that she's 
that are, she's killing, that her ghost is killing, is uh, like has the same head wound, and she's possessing the mannequins, just like we've seen uh, poltergeists possess any number of inanimate objects, and using them to kill, scare, and kill them. So it, it makes a sense, like with that, yeah, right? Like yeah. she's a ghost, she's controlling actual things. Like we've seen that in Supernatural before. It's just it is so over the top and ridiculous with these fucking mannequins that I can't even but talk she, about it. Too she much. possesses the Impala at a certain point. Oh, oh yeah, she does. <laughs> How and why? How and why? Uh, this is the second time the Apollo has been possessed, right? Yeah. Like we saw this yeah. way, way back episode in season one. one. Uh, yep. It was an episode one. I thought it was, episode, but I, I didn't want to put that out there. I think it was. Yeah, on the bridge. Oh, it was episode one. You're absolutely right. Um, I just assume, you know, the how is just it's a ghost. Like ghosts can possess stuff, right? Sure. The, the thing just that bu- the thing us. that bugs me about the thing that bugs me about it is uh, like it the it's iron and presumably like. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You know I what I'm saying? Know. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I would think that that thing would be pretty ghost proof at this point. You would have. I mean, I would assume that every time uh, Dean has to rebuild it, he's he's carving you know Enochian symbols in there somewhere, and it's, to, yeah. or de- demonic things or whatever to to keep ghosts out. But who knows? And it feels like demons are harder to keep out than just regular ghosts. But it's still not enough. Yeah. Um. I, I'm, I'm with you. I enjoy the the hunting aspect of this. Um, they they're interviewing people or whatever, and when, and when Dean has to leave to go take care of uh, the emotional part of this episode, and Sam just continues to be just a normal hunter until he encounters one of these dudes, and that's how he he figures everything out. Uh, there's some there's some really funny bits of Dean being obsessed with these mannequins, like these anatomically correct mannequins, <laughs> and like pulling the dude's heart out. And it's like, hey, here, have a heart. Like yeah. him being like a ham bone is, is a really strange and funny to me. Yeah. Everything about this episode, I think works pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, again, this is one of the ones that was just ranked so low. I don't know what list this was that I, I am referencing, but it was con- again, considered a, a bad episode and like, it's stupid, but again, like it was fun. I liked watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this is super dumb. I think the list was that thing that I bought, like that magazine that I bought that had a oh, list. Yeah, of- maybe best to worst and yeah i was telling you what the worst ones the best ones are um there's some there's some good lines in here uh there's some really good lines in here i, I really like uh sam when he finally figures out what's going on and he finds like the last dude he is pouring the salt in and he's like look i don't really have time for a whole big speech here but so let me just tell you a ghost is trying to kill you for being a <laughs> dick and you have to tell me why <laughs> Just, just really funny to me, man. I, I think, really like yeah. that. Sam's a good hunter here. Um, when Sam's mm-hmm. by himself, you can't really like pontificate about his emotions too much. So we just get like Sam, Sam being exasper- exasperated with people and just like frustrated with like these these dingleberries uh, and just hunting a ghost. <laughs> It's and it's it's just really good. Like this is this is a really fun thing. Uh, he eventually finds this chick's bones burns them and then calls the dude and is like hey look you were a gigantic asshole like treat this as a as a, as a new lease on life and, and don't be a gigantic asshole anymore like everything should be fine and then we get our our, our big twist of this episode this the, the first of a couple of twists of the whole episode is that way uh-uh. um so this guy's name is johnny the person that sam was trying to save when johnny goes home he goes <laughs> to his his apartment above the bar his, his apartment above a bar and he he um where everybody in the factory hangs out. So, like, they all work at this factory in town, or they have at some point or other. And, um, yeah, so he goes up to to his apartment nearby where all of his coworkers are hanging out. Any one of them could come by at any time, probably stop by unexpectedly. And he, he, he goes and he sees his, his girlfriend, I guess, his uh, his wife. We don't. I assume he's not married. 
uh, he he goes up there and he's like, hey, honey, everything's going to be okay. Things are getting a little wild around here, but like it's going to be fine. And then the camera turns and um, and it turns out that his wife or his girlfriend is a uh, is a sex doll, which is pretty is a interesting. sex doll, which is a significant twist. And for a minute, I was like, wait, is this? Did he somehow steal this this poor woman's hair? And that's because she has a, like a full wig on. And yeah. I was like, is it the yeah. same chick's hair? And that's why I like that, that the thing would keep going or whatever. And no, it's not that. No, he's just so, weird. <laughs> he just happens to have sex with mannequins. <laughs> Completely he's, unrelated to anything else in the plot. He just yeah. likes he likes fucking mannequins. He's not <laughs> even. It's not even that he just likes fucking them. He's he's in a relationship with the mannequin. He's he's in a relationship with a man. I know, and hey, if it's you know, I know people really get into their real dolls, and if that's what you do, that's what you do. But like, you're fucking a mannequin. Like, I'm sorry, that's what for you're sure. doing. For sure. Well, also, it's you're a not lifeless like, piece of plastic. You're not haunted by ghosts in real life, so like, you know, do whatever you want. Sure. Yeah. Do do whatever. Do whatever feels right to you. I guess as long as it's not harmful or you know, or I have to hear about it in, in an extended fashion at a holiday party. <laughs> like, I don't want that to happen either. Yeah. Me and my real, um, my real doll. What do they call it? Is that what they call it? <laughs> Yeah, the real doll. Uh, as long as so you're not Sam, bringing your real doll to the company Christmas party, I think you're probably fine. Oh God, please don't do that. Are we? If you're hey, out are there, we king shaming right now? I I guess we are, and and look, it's and it's fine. I just man, I just don't want to like have to pretend to talk to a real doll. Like I don't want that to happen ever. Honestly, I, I do wanna, want that wanna, to happen. I do. I, I want do that you? experience of going someplace like and some, and then some weirdo like fucking Richard, not like not like our Richard, just a guy named Richard. Um, showing up and being like, "Hey, what's up? This is Catherine, my wife." And I'm like, "Oh no! Oh, oh, what's up, Catherine? Does she not? Oh, okay, for sure, my dude." And then just just letting the night play out, see what Richard and Catherine are up to when Catherine is a mannequin. <laughs> here's here's the problem with that scenario. Uh huh. Is that uh, at a certain point, all that thing is. Even, no matter how much emotions that he has invested in it, no matter how much he he professes to love it, all it is is a masturbatory tool for him. So he yeah. is basically bringing his fleshlight around to parties and yeah. introducing people to it, and that's disgusting. That's pretty. You know what? You're, that's pretty gross. So <laughs> right, if you consider that it's just like the receptacle for his sperm, yeah. then you're like, why are you bringing this around with you? He might as well be carrying around a bunch of dirty tissues. Let's move on. This is getting gross. <laughs> you want to you want to get past this? <laughs> keep it. Let's keep it rolling, everybody. <laughs> Sure. So, uh, if, if you're not, if you can't tell where this is going, the sex doll kills him. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sam immediately knows that something else is is going on. She go, he goes back to this chick's roommate who we had interviewed earlier and uh, is trying to find any sort of hair or whatever. And if for a minute he kind of thinks that it's maybe her somehow controlling all of this, and she goes, yeah. "Why would it be me? I don't." And and now, Chris, it's time for twist number two. Twist I can't believe there's so many twists dose. in this episode about fucking mannequins. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, and I like that it's just 100% unresolved or like not, uh, it's not unresolved, but they just are not going to worry about this in the end. So uh, this is the, the, the sister of the ghost. This is Rose's sister. Isabella, oh, this is the sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sure. she's like, well, Sam is like, do you... I've searched the house. We, we, I burnt her remains. He doesn't tell her that part. But like, do you have any part of her on you or anything? Like, do you wear her, her locket or her earrings or or something like that? Um, and she's like, no. But like, I I have one of her kidneys in me from from the surgery a couple years back. I don't know the rules of haunting, 
but like, can you haunt something that's that you don't have anymore? Like, if I if I gave uh, if I gave you a copy of my favorite book, and mm-hmm. I know it's I know my favorite book is different than a kidney, um, but if I gave you my favorite copy of my favorite book, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and then I died. <laughs> And I come back. Am, am I going to be possessing that copy of Clifford the Big Red Dog? But if we if we think about this in the uh, it, like from the context that we know of supernatural, right? Like these ghosts are usually attached to some sort of bodily fluid or hair or bones or something. So I think a kidney counts. And in, in your example, I think Clifford definitely would count if you like maybe jizzed all over it or used your hair as a bookmark. One of, one of those I didn't. Two things, which you're so, I mean, I'm sure you did one or the other. We don't have to talk about which, Chris. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Didn't do uh, either. I don't know if I have any Clifford the Big Red Dog, but I just like saying the Big Red Dog. <laughs> it's funny what amuses some some people, isn't it? Because uh, I, I was just thinking, oh, what's my? What am I going to tell Jeremy? My favorite book is like, do I go Lord of the Rings? Or I go Harry? No, that's funny. And then, I don't know why Clifford the Big Red Dog popped into my head, but I'm glad it did. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I uh, I definitely think that you could, even if somebody's, even if I think she could haunt her own kidney, even if it was in another person's yeah. body. I think that's still hers. Um, if if soul if souls can be transferred in a briefcase, then kidneys can definitely sure. be haunted. Uh, I, I actually like this this twist a lot, and I couldn't re- quite remember how they were going to resolve this because obviously she needs. <laughs> They're not it. gonna. I mean, and, and the conversation that happens when Dean arrives because Dean shows back up at this point uh, and asks, you know, is that the girl with the haunted kidney? Which is one of the best lines ever. Um, yeah. But Sam and Dean like go through some like a series of ideas and, and and you know just throw out some some possible solutions and you know Sam suggests just to remove it and let her wake up in a motel bathroom which is not a good solution. Uh, Dean says they should take her back to. <laughs> I think he suggests that like not doing that. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell the difference between the soul, soulless Sam and soulful Sam. Sometimes that's all I'm saying. So there's a little bit of uh, bleed through here. Yeah. Uh, Dean says they could take her to Dr. Robert, <laughs> which was the guy that uh, oh, flatlined yeah. him in the previous episode of the podcast that we covered. Uh, and, you know, Sam immediately, immediately was like, no, that, that dude works above a butcher shop and it's not clean. <laughs> like, that, that's not going to happen. And Dean's like, it's, it's cleaner than you might think. <laughs> um, but before, then they come up with straight old fashioned hoodoo and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to hoodoo their way out of this. But before, uh, they can get too far down that conversation. The chick breaks in and it's like, you're going to do, you're going to voodoo me? I'm like, no, no, actually it's hoodoo. De- Dean getting like all well actually about hoodoo is very, very funny <laughs> to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I think this is when the Impala gets possessed before we can really take any definitive action. Yeah. Before this. the boys can do anything, they, the Impala starts up and starts chasing Dean Winchester. Uh, I don't know when the last time you've seen the movie Christine is, but this is like all of the scenes in the movie Christine. So yeah, if you, yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. seen that now, you basically have enjoy. And I, I think another thing that I like about this episode is just how horror camp it all is. They just mm-hmm. go for it. This is like all the shitty horror movies that I enjoy. And I, it not now none of it ever makes any sense, but it's just shit happening. And you just have a good time. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, whenever the Apollo is chasing Dean and Dean is yelling at it because he's he, it's his baby. Um, uh, and like you know that whole thing. He's leading it into a like a window to crash into and apologizing the entire time to the Apollo. Like that's that's all <laughs> yeah. good stuff. That's real funny and that's all like real fun, right? Like this is this is great, right? This is firmly in the in, in the genre of of horror that 
Supernatural doesn't do a whole lot of. And well, I don't know if that's true. You know, you know exactly the type of movies I'm talking about, though. Oh, absolutely. And this just does it all so well. And this and is uh, so, every horror movie that I ever picked up uh, on the like a VHS cassette tape of when I was growing up. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's, it's exactly. 1980s, 90, or like it's, it's 1980s slot horror, and it's it's great. I love this stuff. So yeah. Um. So he leads he leads the Impala to crash into into this glass you know, this window on the side of this building. And, um, he, he dives out of the way just in time. However, not everyone <laughs> is so lucky. <laughs> not everyone is so lucky. Oh God. This is like the most deus ex machina bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. This girl with a haunted kidney just, just gets a shard of glass in her it, stomach. In the kidney. In <laughs> the kidney. Tabs the kidney. The, what? And it, and, it, and for some reason, I've kind of think that they were, because at this point, Rose shows up, the the, de- the ghost shows up and, and apologizes to this chick. And I, I, it's kind of made me think that she was specifically doing this. So this random shard of glass would stab her friend in the, in the kidney. Like, is I that, don't know. Do you I think that she was? Oh. Does she die? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the implication <laughs> is she's definitely dead. Absolutely. I mean, she gets stabbed in the fucking kidney and, they, and, and we just the, leave. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like. That would even like solve the problem anyway. You didn't salt or burn it. I guess you're right. I, I mean, they didn't salt or burn the kidney. I guess maybe the chick died and then they salted and burned they her. They didn't save the people. They didn't save any people. And they didn't hunt the thing. I mean, <laughs> I just... What did they do in this episode? <laughs> they just interviewed people and they did their best. And get chased by an Impala... And and have a heart to heart with a like a twelve year old. That's what's what that's yeah. what the the overall plot of this was. Uh I yeah, and Rose leaves and I guess I guess if the main chick dies that that impl- implication is that they would have salted and burned the main chick the, the the sister, which would have also killed the ghost. And it wouldn't yeah. that and that would be totally fine for Sam and Dean to do because it's not like they killed the chick. But presumably they have a mother and a father, somebody that would want this, this chick's body and not just some charred ass bones, but you know, whatever. That's that's not, that, that's none of their concern. <laughs> that's yeah, not for them to worry about. That's not family business. You know what I'm saying? No, no, that's somebody else's family business. So, uh, the boys aren't, don't really care about any of this. They go, we, they go back to Bobby's and Dean starts working. They, on the Impala. they so do not fucking care about any of this. They just don't have any, like, okay. Dean has so much true. more have, going on. They have on a it. little bit of a yeah. They have a little bit of a conversation like that they've had every season at least once or twice. We're like, hey, I wish that we could still save people. This is such a mess. Um, and and Dean is like bummed about how much they make a mess as hunters and everything they do. And Sam is like, yeah, but like, hey, we save lives. And and Dean goes on about their bad luck. And Sam is like, hey, bad luck is in the job description. Um, and then, you know, Dean is under the hood of the Impala for some reason. Sam's like, hey, is the Impala okay, uh, Brother Dean? And Dean is like, thanks, Brother Sam. Yes, she, baby does appear to be well. Uh, I don't know why he's searching underneath the hood when the it's just some glass that it would be scratched up on the outside. I don't know anything about cars, so who knows? Maybe he's trying um, to figure out why his ghost proofing didn't work the last time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I swear I put some um, some salt in here. <laughs> <laughs> something jesus christ i thought i ghost proofed it but apparently not uh but they do have a, of a, a little a little tiny brother moment at the end here where sam says hey 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 brother dean i never thanked you for getting me my soul back um 
I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever said thanks. So, so thank you. And Dean is like, Hey, no sweat, brother, Sam. Um, no, no, don't mention it. Uh, <laughs> it would be infinitely more weird if they referred to each other as brother Dean and brother Sam, especially with father John and uncle Bobby running around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be extremely strange. Yes, Sam is, uh, and, Dean, Dean is very sad because of all of this loose end bin business and basically saying like, hey, you went to, uh, and dealt with all of your past shit and that didn't work out for you and then I had to do it. It didn't work out for me. And Sam basically saying like, I don't know if you remember this, but we saved the world and also you got me my soul back and like we're, we're doing good out here. You should feel good about yourself. Sam trying to cheer Dean up, I think is, is really sweet and it makes me like Sam, so, soul for Sam a little bit more. Um, Especially now that he's not doing it in a weird, like, guilt-trippy, shitty kind of way. He's genuinely yeah. doing it to make Dean... And bringing up examples that should make Dean feel better. Uh, all through the soundtrack, again, I don't, I don't know if you paid attention, the soundtrack is fucking weird again. It's, there's some <laughs> weird, like, stabbing <laughs> strings throughout it that doesn't make yeah, any yeah, sense yeah, with I did the episode. That. Yeah, I'm probably um, going to drop some of that in here, too, just to distract people from our conversation. So, so a few episodes ago, before uh, Dean had really discovered what was wrong with Sam... He said something along the lines of like, well, at least I know you always got my back, huh, Sam? And Sam was like, yeah, of course. But he didn't mean it because he didn't have a soul. But this time, Sam says to Dean, hey, brother Dean, I got your back. And I think Dean said something like, yeah, I, I know you do, Sammy. And he, and he smiles, just it's a little bit of smile. And it's like, thank you. Dean's, Dean's had a rough episode. He's had a rough season. You know what? six seasons in nothing's ever been good for them uh and and dean cracks just a little bit of a smile he's feeling hurt he's feeling hurt in a way that just makes it seem like he went through a breakup because i mean he did yep. which on top of the apocalypse and everything else i imagine something like that would still hurt hurt in a different kind of way you know and and he just smiles a little bit because his brother just cheered him up a little bit and and it's always nice to see that regardless of what season we're in or what the context is when the brothers are cheering each other up i like to see it at least they're talking, right, Chris? Yeah, at least they're talking. Um, the, I, I like I like this episode a whole lot, way more than I ever expected. Because I, I remember last <laughs> for week sure reading the title and going like Mannequin Three. I don't remember this at all. Like I, I vaguely remember it a Mannequin episode, but I, in my head it was just a, like a homage to a uh, like a the B movie B horror movies of mm-hmm, ages mm-hmm. past and. Uh, for them to actually kind of pull it out on the emotional side and then to deliver two reasonably good twists, even if they kind of fumble the resolution of it at the end. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's pretty startling, especially for a middle of the season episode, where, which are usually, you know, kind of filler episodes. Uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the stuff at the end, D- Dean is, as you mentioned, he's, he's emotional because of this breakup. And I think he's also emotional because it's, it he's, he's realized the death of this dream and, uh, or of this other, this possibility, not necessarily a dream, but yeah. the death yeah. of this, the, the potential for him to live a normal life. And that's probably fucking with him more than actually, you know, not being with Lisa is, even though in his mind, it's all interconnected with each other. I'm sure. For sure. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very powerful. Sam coming around the other side to cheer Dean up is, is a, it's interesting to me and shows me that, he is he is a completely different character in a lot of different ways from Soulless Sam, which I think is mm-hmm. what we we need right now. We need to see Sam doing this stuff that is not just um, out of some need to save himself from his past sins, but it's also to make his brother feel better. And I think that's yeah, that's, that's a good the thing. thing. Yeah, that that, that kind of the development that we got in season five is that Sam should be able to identify 
when his brother is going through pain and not just be like, hey, man, why don't you talk about it? I know you're I know you're hurting. Let's talk about it. And then Dean being like, please, I don't want to do that. This is him just saying, hey, I'm not going to make you talk about your thing. However, here's all the great things that I think that we do and that you do. And I got your back. So don't worry about it. And that's way easier, I think, for Dean to swallow um, than for him to have to open up and talk about his feelings right now. I mean, Sam did earlier in this episode encourage him to go and and talk to Lisa or to answer the phone when, when Ben called. Um, but that's not like, hey, tell me how you're feeling, Dean. That's like, hey, this problem keeps popping up. You should face it. You should answer that phone. And he does. And And that's the kind of emotional Sam that we should be getting. Yes. A Sam that knows how to read his brother after 20 whatever years, you know, mm-hmm. um, rather than some of the overly emotional stuff that we're still getting. And I'm fine with overly emotional Sam when it's old Sam, when it's Sam who is having psychic visions and needs to do a lot of growing up and is in a lot of pain psychically, whatever, because of Jessica and all that stuff. I'm fine with that then. But once we see the growth, I want them to continue with that growth. And a lot of times it's like the writers forget Oh, they just go, you know, Sam is the emotional one. Let's lean into that. Uh, but that's not that's not what it, we, we need from that character. And I, I mentioned this last episode of the podcast uh, that I was disappointed when Sola, Soulful Sam came back and he was kind of guilt tripping Dean into all of these things and being a little over emotional about everything. And, and, and you're right. There is there's a fine line between what I like about Sam and what, uh, and what I don't like about Sam, especially now that he has a soul back. And this is the stuff that I like him trying to find the right in things is good, especially mm-hmm. if it's colored between the, it's not just black and white that there's some significant gray areas. And also having that genuine love and appreciation for his brother, which I feel like they had come to at the end of season five, despite everything that has been, that I felt was missing right after he got his soul back in season six. Yeah. So this is this is this is all good. I'm I'm very excited, and I think that us seeing it was la- it was last episode of the podcast that we finally got our road so far, like the actual one for the season, mm-hmm. and I think that that indicates that the heart and soul of the show, <clears throat> excuse me, the heart and soul of the show, especially now season six. I know that Castiel is a major player, and I don't want to downplay him at all, but he hasn't been here very much this season. That's just not where the show is at. So from season one on, the the real heart and the soul has been Sam and Dean. And when we get our brothers back together the way that they should be, I'm glad that that's when we got our road so far. And that's where we're at again. Um, Obviously, I want all of these other great characters to be there. But at the end of the day, this is where the show began. And this is what will lead us through, you know, through season 13. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty pretty good place to start wrapping up this episode, Chris. Um, Unless you have some final thoughts or you, you you think you're done. The only final thoughts I have is, is going off of just that is that I hope that going fo- forward in, in, in future seasons, we get to have a little bit of a, I, and I know, I already know that this is probably not true, a little bit of a, of a solid rock of Sam and Dean in the center yeah. of the show, which would allow for so much more interesting stuff to happen with with other characters if you've got a solid rock in the middle of Sam and Dean that are going to guide the show forward no matter what, you can go off and do a lot of stuff with Castiel. And you don't have to waste screen minutes on uh, Sam and Dean fighting about something or like getting over an emotional thing. When when there are solid hunks, you can you can go off and you can deal with other characters and you can really pull stuff out of these other characters without having to try and juggle 
um, Sam and Dean plus these other guys. When Sam and Dean get to, to do the thing, hunt the people, oh, well, that's okay. That came out wrong. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're, exactly what you're saying. Here's here's the thing. Uh, what I think one of our both of our one of our favorite shows is uh, Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched a. Showtime had like some uh, on the writers kind of show thing where uh, they would take a, a writing staff and interview them. And it would, the guy that hosted the show was the dean from Community, <laughs> which was kind of weird. But like he was he was really into, like he wasn't d- doing that role or anything. He was asking genuine questions. Apparently, he's a really smart yeah. He's guy. a writer. He's a yeah. writer. I <laughs> um, think he's like an Oscar nominated writer. <laughs> <laughs> so they were uh, they were interviewing the the writing team of Parks and Rec and including. Um, the actress, uh, why, whose name just totally escaped me. The, the one that plays Leslie Nope. Um, Amy Polar. There you go. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate the, the prompting on that one. Uh, so they were just talking about the difference between season one and season two. And if, if you've watched Parks and Recreation, you probably know that like season season one was a little rougher. Um, in fact, when I first watched season one, I, I didn't really click with it. I didn't really like it. And it wasn't until we oh, went same. back. Say, season one is not very funny. Yeah. And it wasn't until we went back and we, we made the, the, the decision like, okay, we're going to skip season one. And we're just going to start with season two. And then we fell in love with it. And the reason for that, it was very deliberate on the part of the writers is they started treating, they started having their characters uh, instead of treating Leslie Nope like a crazy person that created conflict in between them started, you know, treat, they had their, their characters treat their main character, Leslie Nope as if they were genuine friends and they appreciated all of the things that she was doing. So mm-hmm. that created that, that bedrock, that foundation between them and that allowed them to explore a lot of different aspects of that world. And I think that's what really, that's the thing that I always go back to with 30, uh, 30 rock with parks and rec is that the characters genuinely like each other. They genuinely love and want to support one another. And anytime there's a possibility for them to, but against each other, it, it almost it never happens. And so that makes it when they do have those interpersonal conflicts, it makes them all of the more emotional and it makes mm-hmm. it, it makes it harder to deal with as a, as a, as a viewer because you're like, Oh shit, I don't, I don't want her to do that thing. Like she's, ah, what, what is she doing? That kind of situation. And I feel like right. that's what's, that's sometimes what's missing from the writing and, and supernatural. And it, and you know, they're, they're two different shows. It's two different time periods. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, one is better right. or worse or, right. or anything, but that's what I always think of when I think about like what I really, really want from Supernatural, and I feel like the best episodes of Supernatural give us that. Yep, it's Sam Where the and brothers Dean. are just brothers, and then we get to do something else cool along the way. Exactly, and I, I and I think about all of the stuff that we could be doing if if they just liked one another for a while and like they were you know what i'm saying like all of this stuff that we love when they do like the the, the double brother bluff, bluffs or the you know sam throwing the the knife and dean grabbing it from the back of the demon that it was that it you know lodged into like those those kind of cool things any of the, the double double brother moves absolutely yeah anything, or just like anything the, the from funny the double brother arsenal yeah, and and them investigating stuff and you know running game on on people like running long cons to to get money mm-hmm. off of pool tables and things like that. Like that's the stuff that we don't yeah. get enough of in this show. And then I miss even when it's Dean pulling a joke and Sam rolling his eyes at it. Like you know he secretly wants to laugh. Like those 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 are the moments that really make Supernatural fun. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm with you. I hope that was a long winded way of saying I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
if you agree with all of our opinions, uh, you could you can support us at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We have cool rewards. Uh, Chris sends out physical like cards and stuff in the mail. Oh, uh, yeah. We get access to discords and er- episodes early, all that kind of stuff. Thank you, everybody that has done that already, and thank you, anybody considering it. You don't have to do that, though. You can just listen. You can rate and review the show. You can do all kinds of things. Tell your friends. We, we appreciate all of you out there just you know listening. It's, we, we, we love it. And um, that's it. Where, where are you? Where are you at on Twitter nowadays, Chris? Oh, little old me. I'm at local bones on Twitter. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about your your new podcast that you're doing? Because I know you, you guys are about to have a shift. So. Oh yeah, so we, we we took a little bit holiday break, but we're about to finish up the uh, the first uh, arc or season, I guess, of, of my podcast, The Pretenders Guild, which I talked about before, is us uh, telling like role playing stories from, uh, video games. And we, we were doing Skyrim now, basically taking, uh, uh, making a character playing as that character and then retelling the, the stories and experiences that we have, uh, in the game. And, and then we sort of shaped that into a narrative to try and, and tell a creative story that way. And we did eight episodes on these first two characters. And then we're going to be doing some, uh, some new stuff. We're gonna have some listener feedback stories, that type of thing coming up soon. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what we've been doing with that. <laughs> Awesome. Where can they find that on the internet? Oh yeah, that's uh that's Pretenders Guild. Um it's on iTunes and Google Play and all that crap. It's at Pretenders Guild on Twitter, I believe. I think that's the, the URL for it. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. There'll definitely be a that's link it. in the show notes to that. I'll I'll make sure that that happens. And um I if you like this show and uh do you you kind of want more of me doing some of this i do a show called days of future cast where me and my buddy gary go through every episode of the animated series of x-men from the early 1990s or from the late 1990s i should say and uh if you think this show goes a little bit uh blue (laughs) if it gets a little bit racy uh that show goes all over the place so if you want to talk about gambit sexual habits that's that's the place to go we recently uh covered the holiday episode of uh the x-men the animated series and there's a whole b plot where gambit and gene argue about the seasoning on the turkey and i'm not i'm <laughs> literally not making that up at all like it's 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 hilarious uh and it's and it's great so you can find that days of future cast uh dot com i think is the url for that but you can also find it on itunes and everything i'm at jg Greer on twitter the podcast is at mowcast cast we've been doing this admin stuff for a long time so i'm just going to get us out of here chris thank you as always for being a wonderful host Hey, no sweat. Thank you. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week with two with one of the greatest episodes of all time, Supernatural. It's pretty good. I don't want to hype it up too much, but it's pretty good. <laughs> greatest episode of all time. See you later, guys. Bye. Great, greatest episode of all time. Okay, bye. what i was gonna say one time is that we should tell people what discord is because i didn't know what discord was for a very long time so other people <laughs> might not also know yeah i if guess you I just like you said because it's we use it for voice chat but i think to basically saying like it's our supernatural chat room i think that's yeah. going to entice people in people be like yo i want in on that it's we're just we're all talking to each other about supernatural all the time plus whatever else um i think that that is that might be appealing because i didn't realize for the longest time that discord was like the chat room yeah, and it's a fun place to be too. Like it's uh, the conversations that happen over there are, are so great and wonderful. Like I, I love having our own personal supernatural chat room. It's so fucking great. Hello.
Season's greetings. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> that that came out weird. Hold on, let me let me start again. I'll, I'll <laughs> do it again. Season's greetings. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's already past Christmas, Jeremy. Shh, no, it's not. It's Christmas until New Year's. You know how the way this works. Did you get any good loot? Um. Yeah, I got some pretty decent loot. I just got some like books and and um, Blu-rays and stuff that I wanted. Um, I mostly just wanted new um, some new shoes because all mine had holes in them, and I got I got some new shoes, so I'm happy about that. <coughs> Ooh, I also got very sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you seem very ill. Are you okay? <coughs> <coughs> Ooh, every time I say that I'm sick, I cough, and it's like I'm just trying to prove to everybody that I'm actually sick. I've been extremely lazy all day. We had to go um, Autumn's work car is having difficulties, so we dropped that off at the service place this morning and then picked up our dog from the boarding facility because only one of our dogs gets to have Christmas at the house. The other one is too mean. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> he doesn't like people very much, so like we always board him over Christmas when we have people over. Interesting. And then... Uh, I got to hang out with Justin's dog yesterday, which was pretty cool. I saw pictures of that. That's... I'm trying to remember the dog's name. Is it Bo? Not Bo. It, it's Bruin. Bruin. Yeah. She calls it Brew. That's why. Brew, for short. Maybe that's where I was coming from. Yeah. It's unfortunate because uh, Bruin is a um, a masculine name and she has a, a female dog. So everybody associates the name with her being. Because it's the Boston Bruins is our, is our hockey team. It's also her cousin's son's name. So that's a little confusing. Cousins once removed? Is that how that works? Nope. Just this. Uh, oh yeah, the 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 cousin son, I suppose. Yeah. I don't really. Know, under, I've never understood how the once removed <laughs> stuff works. So. No, I barely talk to anybody in my family. So. Yeah. Um, probably. Good and I didn't really have to on Christmas Eve. I went to my sister's house, and her um, husband's whole family was there. So I walked in. I was like, Oh no, so many people here. Um, but I I lasted like an hour i think tops and then i had to go home because i've just i got super sick on um saturday night i guess right mm-hmm. I, i'm confused about the days too yeah i got super sick super embarrassed had to leave the party um and then just never never recovered until like today <laughs> and now i'm just <laughs> now i have a cold the manager just like doesn't know how to monitor like how much work we get done so he just assumes, oh, well, if you send out a lot of emails, must, you must be doing a lot of work. Well, if that's the metric for success, then I know what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just sending out emails on emails on emails all day long. Yeah, just, you know, asking what everyone's favorite lunch spot is. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Chris. <laughs> I'm team lead this week, and I just want to know. What's your favorite sandwich spot? <laughs> how do you, how do you That's get there? The thing is, I'm also still just alone on my on my team. It's just me running shit. Like I don't know why he keeps comparing me to other people when they're working together, and it's just me with a gaggle of idiots I have to take care of. A <laughs> gaggle of idiots. Oh. I do I do like that uh, group name. <laughs> I mean, we've got. We've got time if you want to. If you don't want to do this tonight, like we can, we can. I don't know what your schedule is this week, but um, I'd like to get it done before this weekend so I can re- edit it this weekend. But if I you also don't know break, what my like, schedule is like. So let's let's give it a try. And if I like die, and if, if I'm awful, then we can uh, we can call it off. 
Does that sound okay? That's totally okay. And just maybe we and can like let me know. I'm flexible. So okay. Um, because even if like if I get really bad, I can at least force it through like half of the episodes, and then we can come back and finish the other half. Maybe. Um, let's just. I, th- I bet we can probably do it. We'll see. We'll see what my voice allows. Did you uh, Did you watch the episodes? <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. Yeah, I watched the. Um, I I watched more of them again um, while I was eating. Is any of that noise coming through the mic? No. My dog is just on his back, like doing that, like my back scratch itches type dog thing. <laughs> and he's just rawr, 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 on top of this head. <laughs> my dude, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a dumb dog. Um, <laughs> Man, there's so many people from Home Alone that are in Supernatural. <laughs> Isn't that a weird thing? <laughs> That's a weird crossover. <laughs> it's a weird. It, like it's it's my new favorite fan fiction. Though, like finding out that the older brother, um, like I can't even remember his name now, but uh, Macaulay's older brother in that series, Buzz, is yeah. the dude that was pretending to be Dean Winchester in that one episode <laughs> where they go to the Supernatural <laughs> convention. Is I just I could, like I was staring at the screen on my phone with complete surprise. I just had no idea. So I have to I have to I have to I have to post this in the Discord right away. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, <laughs> my dude. Are you okay? I think so. I'm so sorry. This has been going on since Saturday. Um. No, it was it was stomach sickness before, and now it's cold sickness. How can such a big man be so fragile? I, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my um, I was gonna, I don't know what I was, was just what's a sad band? What's a sad recognizable band that everyone knows? You too. I was gonna say Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one is the worst sad band. You two or Simon and Carbuncle. <laughs> We're so bad at sad bands. We sat down for Christmas dinner, and Autumn said, "Hey, Jeremy, can you put on some Christmas music?" And I was like, "Sure." And like we've been listening to Christmas music all weekend, uh, <clears throat> so I've I've kind of burnt out, and I've gone through a lot of Spotify's like playlist and i saw rock christmas it's like okay cool so i turn it on and it's uh my chemical romance doing all i want for christmas is you for sure for sure i know that and the first like the first verse or two were just kind of standard christmas song and then it was all of a sudden this is a this is a crazy punk rock song with electric guitars going everywhere and autumn it, like across the table just looked at me she's like jeremy really i'm like i'm looking for my phone that's right hold on <laughs> just t- chill she out i'm, I'm like- he like sings off key in that song. Even when I was fifteen, I was like, I don't think I like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't I don't know much about that band, but uh, that's the only song in the rock Christmas playlist that we listen to. We listen to a lot of that <laughs> chance chance the rapper shit though. Oh yeah, there's a song in the second one that I wanted to bring up just a minute ago when you start talking about how you don't speak to any of your cousins. Um, the whole song is about his favorite cousin is back in town. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my favorite cousin's back in town. And it just goes into this great beat. My favorite cousin's back in town. We going now. We don't know where we going. We going now. And we took care of grandma. We held it down. We held it down. We took care of mama. We held it down. Every 
nostalgic for a time that I've never had, which was having fun when my cousins came back into town. I'm oh, like, yeah. how is this? How is this possible? I've literally <laughs> never had this before. I've never had this experience, but I'm nostalgic for it for some reason. It's always a weird. I've I've been nostalgic for a lot of things that I never experienced. I know that um, we like to make fun of anime a lot, but anime makes me very nostalgic for things that I never experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it did even when I was a kid. It would just like whenever there's like anime kids in school, there's a, they're so sentimental about everything that they do. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, youth. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I never experienced what's going on here. But <laughs> <laughs> what do uh, do you know what the the children mean when they say that they are that like something is their stan now? Because I thought uh, it was like a JoJo's thing, with, but I thought that was stand with a D. But I see I also, it just uses S T A N. I thought that was stand with a D. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Oh, <clears throat> uh, it just makes me angry. Um, do you want to try to do a podcast? Okay, wait, hold on. Do you need my notes? Stand an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. To or use it as a verb to be an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. Y'all uh, know I stand for Katy Perry, so I was excited to see the artwork for her upcoming album. Is the that's how you use it in a sentence? Uh, and I have seen stuff like that. I just didn't understand the the usage because I thought it was like this is my spirit not spirit animal because <clears throat> spirit animal is you know appropriation, but uh, this is my. I really thought it was a JoJo thing. Don't people in JoJo like have, they have they, something that comes yeah, out of them? Like, their that, power <laughs> is like their stand, which is what I yes. would have probably mm-hmm. thought too. But um, I don't know. My I I am Stan for Sam. Yes, I am Stan for Dean. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I, I was Stan for a dying Sam. man. Until the uh, until the events of Unforgiven, and w- when I realized yeah. that th- he can no longer be my problematic fave, he can just he just has no to be problematic. No, wait, that's the wrong. Hold on, I started singing "Nothing Else Matters." Wrong. Um, <laughs> why does it fucking go? Uh, never free, never me. <laughs> and they call me Unforgiven. <laughs> There's a lot of Unforgiven AMVs. Never sound do what I've shown. <laughs> on the YouTubes. Oh <laughs> uh, man, those Metallica albums. Those were those were something special back in the day. They really <laughs> were. Trying to go back. I uh, I don't know if you caught this in the Discord, but I when I was editing the episodes, it, there's a outtake in the last episode where uh, you asked me to put the most underrated oh, Bush song. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to YouTube and I started searching around for Bush songs and I was really going for like what I wanted to find was every like all of 16 stone and like pick a, a like a deep cut off of 16 stone. All of them are terrible. Like I just I couldn't <laughs> I got about four songs deep into this process and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to listen to a bunch of Bush <laughs> songs and then have to download them and edit, edit them into my podcast. I'm just going to not put I'm just not going to do it. And then people can just deal with that later. <laughs> so probably made the right decision. I did. Yes, I, I agree. Should we? Uh, you want to get going? Or should we kick the kick the ball into into the court? The sports yeah, terms. We should, yeah, we should we should kick the can down the road a little bit. Yeah, sports, Chris, as I'm known amongst friends. Get a load of this pie. <laughs> get a get a slice <laughs> of that pie. <laughs> I don't even know what my own uh, expressions are anymore. Why don't you why don't you slice this sports ball pie up onto the onto the court? Huh? Why don't you take out a um 
a, a slice out of this ball is life. Why don't you go take out a loan and slice up this ball pie? Hey, check <laughs> out these slice pie moves. <laughs> Damn, that's good pie. Sliced. That is, that's one great slice pie. <laughs> what are we doing? You're on cold medicine. At least you have an excuse for this. I'm only, I only took a little bit. It's Dayquil. <laughs> Hey, how awful does my voice sound? Do I, do I sound like I'm extra sick? You you sound like you were noticeably. You sound noticeably different than you usually do. Okay, I will make a note. I will just I'll say that I'm sick and apologize. Because cool. if it wasn't it's noticeable, okay. I'm like, what's up, guys? Perfectly healthy, but like I'm a little under the weather. So you know, <laughs> smash that like button for me, will you? <laughs> hey guys, it's Jeremy Greer here, and I'm Jesus. Uh, don't, do <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Just my marriage to talk about some supernatural. Chris, I knock it off. I don't know. I'm what very uncomfortable. What's going on? Why are, 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 is there someone watching you? What's happening? Hey, uh, you got a frog in your throat, Jeremy? <laughs> oh, there he goes. There he goes. Yeah, that ru- that ruins me. Yeah. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the uh, dip dip dip. <laughs> Excuse me. Where Chris? <laughs> shit. Well, we've we've seen this like like if we start talking about this in the context of supernatural that we've seen in the past. Son of a bitch! I just fucking paused my audio. I'm just starting to do. I'm saving this. Hold on, give me a second. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! I dropped my phone. I got so excited about Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> <sighs> okay, all right. I'm saving it. And now I'm just going to open up a new Audacity file and keep it moving. I still got you, right? Oh, I'm here? Yeah. I was just waiting for you to get... <laughs> just making sure. Oh. No points for originality, Sam muttered as I got out of the Impala, which Dean had parked across the street from the construction site. Sorry? Dean asked as he closed the driver's side door behind him with a loud sh- <laughs> loud shunk. Sam joined Dean at the trunk. We're at the southernmost part of the southernmost location on the continental United States. They couldn't come up with something more interesting to name this than South Street. Dean shrugged as he double-checked his sod off. Maybe not original, but it's pretty damn descriptive. He closed the truck. Feel kind of silly calling it the southernmost part of the continental U.S., though. I mean, it's an island. They started to cross the street, Sam said. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, those were two different sentences. <laughs> they started to cross the street, period. Sam said, Dad used to call it the lower 48. Yeah, but Hawaii is south of everything, so it's lower than we are now. This is a stupid conversation. That's why you had to qualify the whole southernmost point crap in the first place. Sam shook his head. Why are we talking about this? Dude, you started it. That's the bands I love for my boys. Whatever. 
Sam looked at the site, which was barely lit this late at night. He could hear the flap of crime scene tape, and his flashlight illuminated the yellow barrier. At least nobody's guarding the scene. That's pretty laissez-faire. Key West is big on the whole, yeah, whatever, I can have another beer philosophy. They probably figure no one will mess with it. Yeah, Dean, Sam said with a small smile. That's what laissez-faire means. Fuck you, Sam. Shining his light in Sam's face, which caused him to squint and hold up one hand. Dean said, I know, dumbass, I was agreeing with you. Fine, Sam said. Wow, he's such a bitch at this. Jeez, why are you so mean, Sam? <laughs> 